This week in league, Lockie breaks the all-time record, or does he? Jamie Sauer gets fitted for his Shell Harbour kit. Extra small, of course. I am forced to eat my anti-Tigers words topped with bacon and wrapped in a crispy cream bun. And we'll preview all of the action for round 24 of NRL season 2011. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 61 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. On our 61st anniversary episode. <laughs> so I just want to take you back to July 3rd, 1994, when Manly smashed the Dragons 61-0 at Brookie. And the Dragons are going great at the moment as well, so it's a topical game. <laughs> Nothing to say about that? Oh, the less said about that, the better. Let's move on, shall we? Fucking glorious time. I was in Japan at the time, actually, so yeah, I only... I wish you had to stay there. Uh, my, my old man sent me a tape that he taped off the radio of Peter Wilkins calling it for ABC. <laughs> sensational and I was actually rooming with a guy who was a Dragons fan we had a bet $100 down tell me the game. this story before and uh, rehashing old bullshit not rehashing it. I'm not telling you I'm telling the people yeah you've told them before too have I? because when you told me it was on the air really? and I bet they're all sitting there going oh, boring well, that's actually true because um, I do only speak to you to basically open the door and then uh, it's like let you in the house and then it's like feed okay me. feed you but I mean there's no talking there no you're just like hmm <laughs> then, yeah, uh, Benji, uh, Mr. Ton of Goals. <laughs> like Benji must do. Bloody, not playing again. Like those Takiris do. No more hat tricks. <laughs> Hang on, what am I bagging myself? <laughs> I talk like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how it happens. Um, housekeeping. The first thing I've got here is uh, the old uh, the burger bet. It went down. It did on Sunday. It went down a treat. Well, into yeah. your belly, did yeah, did, and uh, also we had uh, we had a couple of other uh, suspects at the uh, affair, um, namely Chris at Trek West on Twitter, Robbie Garbs nineteen eighty five, Matt McCarthy, Mister underscore McCarthy, Gillian Rose Tate, who was there as uh, child minded Jackson, essentially, yes, uh, and she was a nanny. Exactly. She did a great job too. And not forgetting Sam, aka Mr. Underscore Wars on the Twitter. AKA Sexy Motorcycle Man. Yeah. <laughs> With helmet hair. <laughs> Looking resplendent in his in his brown cardigan and eggplant jeans. Motherfucker's <laughs> <laughs> oh, colorblind. Oh. He's a gorgeous man. He I'm, is I'm, a gorgeous I'm, man, just in, dressed in very, some, very poorly. In some country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was great to see uh, the, the guys out, and a couple of them actually went the old double-double burger along with me. And um, with better results, with some, some had better results than others. I mean, Chris, for example. He smashed it. He yeah, wasn't a, wasn't a fan, though. No. His comments appeared to be pretty pretty much negative. He couldn't get over, the, the, he couldn't get over the hamburger and bacon part crossed with the sweet. Donut part. Uh, then you had uh, Garbs smashed it. Matt McCarthy, he smashed it even more to the he point where... He smashed five of them. And ever really? since on Twitter, he's been like, oh, I've got to get me another burger. You know, like, yeah. he's, he's been a fan. I fell somewhere in between, I think. Like, at the time, I thought oh, I wasn't too bad. The lettuce wasn't good. Well, it's just weird. The lettuce actually made it taste, I don't know, it just shouldn't have been there. It probably would have been a lot nicer without it. Um, that's more I reflect it on. good. Yeah, but cooking the more, it. The more I reflect on it, I think it's a missed opportunity by those guys. I mean, like the patties, the the patties they weren't you know that nice. Really, like they weren't special. Like yeah, like 
you know, if you, you know, you make your own hamburgers. I mean, you make you make your own hamburgers at home and shit. Really? Barbecue. Really? Because really? you can make them like fucking like packed with flavour, like awesome. Yeah. And the, these weren't though, you know, and they didn't hold together well. I mean, I think I think the burger's more shock value than anything else. It's absolutely that's all, that's all it is. They've definitely, no doubt, uh, made a, a made some money out of that, oh, yeah. that factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Smelled good. Thought the bacon yeah, smelled good when I was uh, doing a bit of filming of the of the young lady cooking it. Oh, <laughs> I did partake in a steak sandwich, which was fantastic. I yeah. loved it. This burger overall, not um, regretting not having the burger. Definitely, okay. definitely shock value, uh, and the donuts as well. Not they don't provide a really good structural base for for a hamburger. Tend to fall apart a bit. Again, I don't think that that's what they're there for. Well, at the end of the day, you can have your shock value burger, but I mean, if you really want to win, you actually make it fucking good as well. So people are like, wow, that combination, like, it just fucked my brain just thinking about it. However, tasted amazing. What a fantastic burger that was. Couldn't say that. I'd give it a solid six. Jeez, tough crowd. If that. I would imagine, I don't want to preempt anyone else's score, but I'd say that I'd say that Chris would be similar score to that, maybe slightly less. I reckon Garbs would probably throw it up around 7, 8, and I think McCarthy would give it a 10. 12. Yeah, 10, 12. Matt give it 12 out of 10 because he's not very smart. <laughs> give it a 12 because that's how many he could eat. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, uh, the people at Chompers were very hospitable, uh, were very, very helpful, and they um, their service was really good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Chips and were like awesome I said, too. Uh, Sam, Sam and I both had steak sandwiches. Jackson had some chippies. and Chips were awesome. They were fantastic. So and, uh, very classy. Even if you don't go to the shock value burger, definitely get down there and have have some lunch if you're in the area. It's good and, food, uh, and make sure you dress up too, because everyone there except for us was wearing like suits and shit. Yes, that's actually not Nathan being full of shit as you would normally expect. I suspect it may have been because it was church across the road. They were literally dressed in their Sunday best. <laughs> they, they were, <laughs> and I was wearing Lottie locks. And make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they did see. The guys about to chow down on the double-double burger and they said a few prayers. They did. And they all cleared out really quick too. They did. They must have inhaled it. Pelican, their shit down. <laughs> I think they might have went back to church to eat it. Uh, maybe. Are you allowed to eat in church? I don't know. I don't attend. I don't know either. Um, do you have any uh, housekeeping-related issues? Uh, what's the update on the shirts, man? Uh Emailing back and forth with some guys now, uh, some potential printers uh, to get me prices, blah, 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 and also to get me their templates for the way that they want the artwork to be presented to them so we can format it up properly and, uh, yeah, get them produced. And I also said that um, I set I set uh, a bit of a deadline saying, look, you know, we want them in our hands, you know, before, like, you know, kind of like that first weekend of September, yeah, which is kind of the last round of football because um, we want, obviously, the orders will be taken before then. Uh, and you know we'll get them then, and so people you know will be able to start distributing to people you know hopefully before the finals. So if you are going to finals games in the grand final especially, um, a lot of people go there whether their team's there or not. And you know if you're going there and uh, your team's not there, then why not represent? Exactly. Throw on your brand new this week in league t-shirt. I'll have one on underneath my Tigers jersey on grand final day. Don't wear a jersey to a game where your team is not participating. I won't be. I've got plenty of manly jerseys. You look great in the warm one. Just fucking wear that. Solidarity. Yes. Why would we start showing solidarity now? 
because in the last weekend of October, your guys will be in Bali. They won't know what the fuck you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> And the top story for us this week, Jamie Soward in danger of being dropped. I had never thought of this being a possibility, but the, the talking's going around. And, and, and uh, in the press conference, Wayne certainly did throw him under the bus. Story goes, uh, Jamie Soward's immediate future in the St. George Illawarra team is hanging by a thread. And there's a genuine chance the New South Wales 5-8 will be dumped ahead of Friday night's crucial showdown with the Storm. Um... Soward's form has plummeted to the point where he's basically a liability to his club side and uh, he performed like a passenger against the Roosters on Sunday and was clearly hampered by a back injury despite assuring Wayne Bennett that he was fit to play. Bennett pulled no punches in his post-match comments when he basically said Soward need to take ownership of his poor performance and not use injuries as an excuse. False promises won't be tolerated again when Bennett talks to him ahead of naming his team this afternoon. Now, uh, He has been named in the side. He has been named in the side, so uh, I would have to assume at this stage that he has convinced Wayne that he is right or that he, in fact, is right. Or the third possibility, I suppose, is that perhaps they'll wait till later on in the week and he may have to pass a fitness test or something later on in the week. Um, they, they may drop him at that point. Sure. Uh, I know. I mean, if I had him in my supercoach side, which thankfully I do not, um, I'd be keeping him off until Friday, <laughs> Friday 5.30 or so. I'll be waiting until the last couple of minutes before lockdown before I make a call and putting him in or out. Look, he's... He's always had that reputation, certainly all the way up until the Dragons won the comp last year. That, And we mentioned this last week, that the people's perception was that he was a little bit soft. And certainly mm-hmm. people in and around football thought that. Hence, he hadn't been picked for origin, despite his outstanding form of the last couple of seasons. His confidence that he got um, when Wayne Bennett and also Wendell Saylor came to the club is the, the catalyst for, for him playing Origin um, and playing a, a starring role in the Dragons taking out the Premiership. But from some of Wayne's words publicly, yeah, um, and certainly the way he addressed the issue of Soward taking the field on the weekend in the Rooster, against the Roosters, um, as you said when you were recapping the story, it certainly did sound like he was throwing him under the bus. Yeah, that it was Soward's call. There was no pressure from the club, and he, the club had to assume that he was fit to play. And I just wonder if, if that perception that has been sort of reiterated ad nauseum in the media and in and around footy, that is that touch. I don't know. He's he's a touch fragile, or he's a bit soft. Um, I, I wonder if that plays on his tough. mind and he wanted to show that he was tough and he wanted to show that he could play through injury. But it's one thing to walk on the field and and, and play out the 80 minutes. But some of the things that he did during the game would indicate yeah. that he wasn't right to play and he wasn't playing through injury. He was severely hampered and probably shouldn't have played. So um, Tough spot for him. And I just wonder if you look at next season with Wayne not there anymore, and Wayne's going to be coaching against him. Yep, yep. Um, and the guy that's given him all that confidence and really had a, a profound effect on his career and, and really turned his career around, he's not there anymore. He's taken that confidence away. He's all his tricks. Plotting, plotting his downfall. Yep. How's that going to play on his mind? 
Um, tough spot. And they're saying that Fox Sports statistics show that since round 12, his line breaks, tackle busts, and try assists have more than halved. Yeah. And uh, consequently, Dragons have gone from the top of the table to seven losses and three wins during the, that period. Having said that, that's a bit of chicken or egg, you know. How much of that is as a result of Soward and how much of the rest of the team's performance is, is affecting him, you know. He can only be purely effective and, and at his best when the forwards are laying their platform. And I would say that they, they've probably been below par themselves. So it's a bit hard to point the, the Dragons' to troubles over the last few months um, squarely at Soward's feet. But the media certainly like to portray it that way and it only adds to the pressure that he's under. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he, let's face it, he's done incredibly well with his um, the disability that he uh, takes the field with. So, um, you know, we can't hate on him too badly. Um, what disability is that, mate? Uh, heart the size of a pea. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to ask the question, but yes. I just left it hanging there until you asked, because I knew suspense would get the better of you eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, uh, related story, Supercoach St. Benny lost for words. Now, uh, it's not a new thing for Wayne Bennett to be short of words. Doesn't have a lot of words to start with, exactly. But in the uh, in the press conference following the Dragons' loss to the Roosters, uh, he threw his hands in the air and admitted he had no idea how to save the Dragons after they were embarrassed by the Chookies. Bennett, who took, aside the fa- took the side to the Fairytale Premiership 12 months ago, is out of answers after the Dragons crashed to their eighth loss in 10 games to the lowly place Roosters. The lifeless Dragons dropped balls from dummy half through intercepts and forward passes and refused to contest bombs, all against a side that only has pride to play for. He left a man who usually has all the answers scratching his head. The Roosters were pretty good, and we were poor, Bennett said, and I have no idea why. We've had a good week and good preparation. We had a full team out there except Mark Gaznia, so I do not have an answer. I've gone past concerned. I'm somewhere in the state of, I have no idea. <laughs> well, I find that a little hard to believe. It's funny when coaches say that. I mean, like, you don't hear him go there. Well, he's a pretty honest sort of guy. But I just... My gut feel is that straight immediately after Bennett announced that he was going to be leaving at the end of the season, the Dragons continued on their merry way and had a few wins and... and you know, didn't really seem like much was up and, and you know, bookies paid out on them winning the minor premiership and how's that guy looking? Gee, that was stupid. They might, <laughs> they're going to finish closer to the middle of the table than the top. Um, but I think once their confidence took a bit of a hit, once they lost a game here or, you know, things didn't quite go their way, there was a bit of a realisation that, crap, Bennett, you know, yeah. Bennett's not going to be here. So I think, in, in essence, he's created a lot of this. Yeah, for Because sure. he was the guy, as I said, not just with Soward, but with that whole club. Wayne Bennett brought that aura. Wayne Bennett brought that winning culture and, and winning it, doing whatever it takes to, to get over the line. And, he, you know, basically they finished a game off the, um, the grand final in his first season there, which was a great effort. Um won the comp last year and certainly up until the point where he made his announcement it was looking like um, you know you were a brave man to bet against him not making the grand final at the very least this season mm-hmm. he makes a decision they still continue to win a f- few games but whereas last year they had all the confidence in the world and the resolve to get through adversity as soon as their confidence took a hit this year it's been they've been in free fall yeah. and 
there's only one thing I can put it down to, and that's the effect that at the end of the day, they all know that Bennett's going to be, he's going to not be there at season's end, regardless of how this season goes. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be the one picking up the pieces, and he's not going to be the one um, relishing in victory. So for a club that has had 31 years of choke jokes, <laughs> put it to bed on the back of Wayne Bennett, and then for Wayne Bennett to leave leave it all behind. Yep. Um, I suspect that's that's the underlying reason for for the Dragons' woes at the moment. And I don't know if you, if you take all that confidence away and those players that he pumped up and and built up and made better players, um, only the very best of those are going to be able to carry that on um, next season when he's no longer there. So. Yep. You know, the players have to put it together on the field, but as for the reasons why they're not, I think Bennett has to take some responsibility there as well. Cause oh, he had professional to... players. Sorry? Professional players, do your job. You're getting paid a lot of money. Get your fucking head straight. It's a fine line at that level. And, 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 and if Sauer's you're down on confidence, mate, it's a very fine line. And Sauer's copying him, but I mean, he was atrocious, and I mean, he ended up getting hooked. Yeah. After, yeah, when he didn't, you know, where he refused to try and, you know, get to yeah. that bomb that's just well, that's the thing I mean, he was there yeah and he just he just refused to even, yeah and, I mean that's it wasn't like he couldn't get there or, no it was nothing just he was couldn't. standing he was, there he was the guy was catch it. yeah he was the guy so strange well strange finally Lockie gets the record for most games played or does he yes he does so um, up in Dairy Farmers Lockie played game 350. Yes, he did. Got the match ball. He did. Record holder, most games played. But Hit me with the punchline, Nathan. Come on. The punchline is... You've got that stupid look on your face again. <laughs> the punchline is... Remember how the, the, they're talking about the test matches or the origin matches, uh, the Super League matches? Don't count. So 17 games he played in 1997. Super League. Mm-hmm. Full of shit, they don't count. Lockie's played 333 games. And he's got a little while to go before he overcomes the record. When did Terry Lamb retire? When did Terry Lamb retire? Fucked if I know. About then. Did he play Super League? I don't know. Did he? Oh, right. Off the top of my head. Sorry? Off the top of my head. I wonder. I wonder too. You see, you should should have looked this up before you came. Well, I didn't know you were going to hit me with this. Straight off the top of my head, dickhead. (laughs) So if Lockie's counts... And Terry Lamb played Super League, then Bars had counted well. Sole so, record holder, Beaver. Oh, fucking hell. There we go. You've just given Beaver the sole record. I wasn't even going to go. I wasn't even coming at Terry Lamb. Wasn't even going at Terry Lamb. And then you come in. Can you pass me that Stanley knife, please? You going to kill yourself? Yep. Cool. <laughs> right. This shouldn't take long. Oh, it's actually sharper than I thought. It's a fucking Stanley knife, idiot. Yeah, but it's... Just remember, down the river, not cross the stream. Look at that. I've actually cut myself. <laughs> Told you it would happen. <laughs> you, when have you ever known Look those... Not, yeah, well, why'd you fucking cut... Oh. Hey, why? Go, I'll is, tell you why. Because I've had 61 episodes of putting up with your bullshit. Don't forget the bonus episodes. I wasn't involved in that. It's actually less than 61. Oh, I had talking about records that don't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got You're the sole record holder. No, but there's origins and stuff too, though. <laughs> Yeah, there's origin episodes as now well. Now I so. can't retract the Stanley knife. Oh, God. Careful, don't cut I yourself. I mean, 
sharp that thing. Look, I mean, we I'm, don't we don't I'm have the bled, webcam. I've bled for the podcast. We don't we don't have uh obviously we don't have the uh you know video footage of this episode. Don't cut on, yourself. I don't want to clean uh, up the green slime. I just shut the Stanley knife. Good job, mate. It was like a technical adult. job that one. I couldn't this do it. Is, this is why we don't let children have the Stanley knives. They might <laughs> cut themselves. Look at that. You're bleeding. Yes. You dickhead. It's terrible. <laughs> That's not hilarious. I injured myself. I feel bad. Yeah, and you got and you got no one to blame but yourself. I know. That's what happens when you try and be funny. <laughs> See, we're not. So it's not a visual medium. But uh, rest assured that this is not uh, some kind of theatre of the mind. Um, Glenn's actually cut himself with yes. a Stanley knife across the wrist. <laughs> but the show must go on. Yes. I'll just quietly bleed out over here. Recaps. Friday Night Football, the Brisbane Broncos, 34, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 16. As we mentioned earlier in the new section, it was Darren Lockyer's big night, 350 games, but he didn't have it all his own way. 350 legitimate games, each one of them a standout performer. When you total his legitimate games with his illegitimate Super League games, unlike, the grand total of 350. Unlike Steve Menzies. Who scored running all, out wide all at wingers and centers like Dave Taylor, <laughs> like Dave Taylor's do. <laughs> Beaver never he did was that like, in his life. Oh, Beaver! Never in his life did Beaver he do that was shit. like the Dave Taylor is just a reincarnation of Beaver. Dave Taylor is twice as fat as Beaver. He's two Beavers. <laughs> plays as plays as well as half a Beaver. There you go. In I fact, never the closest thing, why, yeah, the just, closest thing, the closest thing, the the closest co- uh, link that you can make. You're from, stuttering. You're, you've lost it. You can't handle this comparison. The closest link you can make from Dave Taylor to Beaver is that Dave Taylor is just a massive vagina, <laughs> colloquially known as a Beaver. <laughs> Otherwise, zero similarities. Given that, uh, is that where Menzies nickname come from? No, unfortunately, it's not. For the sake of your argument, <laughs> unfortunately, for the sake of your argument. Um, now, where were we? That's right. I was I was going to segue into the brilliant hat trick performance from uh, a player not named Lottie Takiri. In fact, it was uh, Josh Hoffman, um, Carmichael. Seriously, hope you go good down the LOL Suns because um, you're not welcome at the Broncos. It's not happening. You couldn't unsee Josh Hoffman if you tried. Um, my arms really starting to sting, and I may bleed out at any minute. So, but while I've still got some breath. Um, Josh Hoffman, um, I'd like to go back over the history of time and calculate the amount of hat-tricks scored over a two-year period. Okay. And I would imagine since the start of this show, when I've been banging on about hat-tricks every week, yeah. more hat-tricks in this, since the beginning of this show across two, a two-season period than ever before. Than any other period in the history you of rugby any other... T- Two-year two period in the history of rugby league. David Middleton, get on it. <laughs> and I'd like Honestly. to I apologise to Lottie Takiri. <laughs> well, no, he's like the he's a sacrificial lamb. I mean, the reason why we've had such a great flood of hat-tricks over the last two seasons or season and three quarters is because he hasn't. If he was to disrupt the balance by scoring a hat-trick, I doubt we'd see another one. Ever? Ever. Pretty much ever. Yeah. Josh, Josh Hoffman's just another one. Long list. He is, he is. Now, let's say the Broncos kicked off strongly. Early tries through the aforementioned Josh Hoffman and the Ranger Jack Reed. 
scored a talk took him out to an early twelve points to nil lead. Cowboys though, as, as they did over the entire match, really. I mean, they played some pretty good footies, pretty exciting footy. Uh, fought their way back into the game, and uh, at half time the scoreline was eighteen to ten. Hoffman already had a double by half time, um, and the Cowboys had scored through Matty Bowen and Khalifa Fifi lower. Uh, and good game at that point. Now, second half, Broncos, they controlled the game, though. Uh, Hoffman had his hat-trick, burst out from his own end, and uh, 70 metres he ran for the hat-trick as good, well, I was going to say, as good players do, I guess, because, I mean, the hat-tricks aren't exclusive to wingers anymore. No. Certainly some wingers don't even score them at all, so... <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes to go, Brent Tate's... <laughs> What are you laughing? I mean, we we trot out the we trot out the old lot. He not, hasn't scored a hat trick oh, yet. Thing every week is painful. It just doesn't get old though. <laughs> and if he's not going to take the field, he's never going to be able to change it, is he? Um, where were we? Brent Tate scored a try, and after the conversion from Thurston, uh, that was sixteen points for the Cowboys. That's as close as they got. And uh, in the seventieth minute, Dale Copley, uh, Dale Copley scored a long try, and um, and the Cowboys never recovered. Um, Broncos, convincing win on the scoreboard. I mean, you know, a, a 18-point win. But it's just, watching the game, I always just had this feeling. It's like the, the Cowboys sort of, they were in it as far as the play. You know, like they, they felt, it felt like they were in the game. I think the fact but, that they were at home and there was a great crowd there and the Cowboys always do lift where you thought if they got one try, they could probably score some in bunches. But yeah. just that, that one try to give him that momentum and give him a bit of a leg up just never quite came and the Broncos yep. just you know closed it out but I thought JT's return in this game the spectacle of it all was on a bit of a hiding to nothing versus the emotion of Lockie um, playing his 350th game JT was a little bit rusty as you'd expect but you could see that the whole side gained confidence from the fact that he was back Yep, and the fact that he was Back in the side, Bowen was sort of unleashed to play um, and probably not touch the ball as much, but give himself, you know, inject himself when he saw fit and which led to more high-quality touches. Yeah, he still had a massive game, old Matty. Yeah, I thought he was great. He was still at his best, but just having that free reign and not that pressure to be the first and second receiver every play yep. um, made a massive difference. But um, their combination now is probably, you know, they've got the next few weeks to to get that combination back and, and get Thurston back up to speed with the side and, and overcome his injury completely and a bit of match fitness <clears throat> before they hit the finals. And hopefully um, hopefully that's enough for them to be playing their best footy at the right time of the year. A um, couple of bad defensive misses from Brent Tate, which are uncharacteristic for him. Certainly um, Jack Reed's try had him beaten for footwork. Yep. Um, and that's, again... It's very much unlike Brett Tate. Um, he's usually a really great defender, and you don't normally get him for pace on the outside or, or certainly for footwork. But um, I guess that's probably an indication of how good Jack Reed is. Yeah. <laughs> Just a great player. Once again, looking ungainly. Yeah. But, but displaying footwork. Gets a job and done. speed. Just want to mention this was a massive occasion for our game. Someone breaking the most games record. And. I just thought the NRL and Channel Nine could have maybe done a little bit more to commemorate it. Well, Channel Nine cut away like they didn't really. They didn't even show the presentation of the game ball. It was kind of just um. I mean, I saw Gallup with Lockyer with yeah. the, the the ball in the case, um, but there was no real. 
No real was mention. there much was there, at, the, at the actual ground? Was there like a, a whole? There wasn't like a thing with the stage or anything like that. Was there? It was just basically no. at the, the sideline. Here you yeah. go. Here's your ball. Fuck um, off. The fact that Terry Lamb and, and Beaver probably could have been there. Lamb said he wasn't really wasn't even invited. Yeah, I mean, like so. Beaver would be a bit tough. I mean, he's in the middle of a season. Yeah. You know. I guess, but certainly over Lamb. in France. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Terry Lamb's not doing nothing. And, and he said, he, you know, he would have loved to have been there. So it's not yeah. like he was invited and said no. So, you know, these are the sort of milestones um, that are going to be looked back upon for years to come. And I think it should have been marked a little bit better than what it was. Um, all in all, good performance from the Broncos. The Cowboys were were far from disgraced. And I think they've got a lot to look forward to um, with JT back now. And, and, you know, they'll be a force come finals time. All right. Over to Twitter. What do we got here? Eddie NZ. Broncos look good in beating a top four side. Hoffman with a classy hat trick. We're coming for second spot, Manly. Oh, Jeez. shit. <laughs> Cruzy06, who was a Broncos fan who actually went up there for the game. Uh, he's a Brisbane based Broncos fan, I should say, and he went up to Townsville for the match. And he said, uh, Great trick to. L- oh, oops, my bad. That's right. It was Hoffman who scored a hat trick like good Hoffmans do. Whatever, crazy. No one cares. Um, that's one thing we should mention too. Um, some passionate Tool Nation members, Cruzy, uh, Aaron, Jill, all uh, flew up for the game, and just I'd love it. I love seeing people travel long distances to to watch their team play. Jono as well. Jono yep. twenty nine hundred on Twitter. Yep. He um he drove like six million kilometers or whatever he does. As he does, I mean, he goes. He has to, a to lot drive five hundred kilometers just to get to his fucking letterbox. Yeah, and I mean, uh, which is surprising because no one likes him enough to send him any mail. And then an additional five hundred to get to dairy farmers. Exactly. And he does. I mean, he doesn't go to every home game, I don't think, but he does go to a he lot. He cracks of them. it for a lot. Yeah, he does a lot. So I've got to give him credit for that. And imagine, like, imagine sitting in the car with Jono for that long. Yeah, but Even I mean, Jono doesn't like doing it. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, you know, he, he can drive that far to watch you know, the Cowboys play, and the you know, Titans fans can't even get down to Rabina. It always comes back to the Titans. Fans. It does, and it will when we speak about that game shortly. Anyway. <laughs> We'll move along for now and go to the second Friday night game. Let's. Uh, the West Tigers, 32, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 18. Tigers look good early. They looked okay most of the game, although there were, there were a few errors. Jesus, uh, Penrith being too kind. Penrith absolutely like as depleted as depleted could be. And then on top of that, they depleted themselves further by dropping Jennings You know, the day before or two days before the match took place. Um, In a fantastic yeah. piece of... Leadership from right, Gus rightly so, and and we'll probably we'll get into it, but um yeah, that was the potentially the greatest ever leadership move for a player of an indiscretion of that type that I think I've ever seen. Certainly, um yeah, for comedy value and and, <laughs> and and just the the way it all comes together and works on every level is just amazing. Um, however, with the game, uh, t- the Tigers, uh, what happened with them? Where they get a try eighth minute. Hino scored the try off a Robbie Farrah grubber. Um, Which almost was totally overlooked by the referee. Totally overlooked in what way by the referee? In the fact that the referee initially um, awarded a dropout or That's out course, to the yeah. 20. And then it finally got, yeah. Robbie pleaded with him. He went upstairs and it was a fair try. Yeah, what, you, what? and did you hear what the referee's explanation was about what... No, why, I just... Why, he just is like, oh, my bad. 
Oh, sorry, Robbie. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Robbie. <laughs> sorry, Robbie won't happen again. <laughs> what, what happened again? And sure, and, and sure enough, uh, the Tigers, they um, forced, forced uh, goal line dropouts. And in the 16th minute, Molson scored a try. Benji Marshall got this one. I should, like Benji Marshall's doing. I, I failed to mention that he missed the first one, but everyone just assumes that. And you know when I don't say anything. <laughs> uh, and Benji converted to score a try, and it was t- 10 points to nil. Third try, West Tigers again. Gareth Ellis, Gareth Ellis, I should say to pronounce it correctly, exactly. scored the try, 16-0, following a conversion from Benji Marshall. Miracle, he was on two out of three at this stage of the game. Would it last? What a record. Listen, <laughs> listen and find out. <laughs> um, right before halftime, uh, Trent Waterhouse grabbed a grubber kick, scored the try, jagged one back for the Panthers, and the scoreline at halftime was 16 points to six. Second half. Penrith did come out looking a bit better in the game, I thought. Uh, the pack went well. Uh, and then their superstar, the future Man of Steel, uh, who will be going over to Bradford next year, Adrian Pertell, bumped off Matt Utah. The behemoth, the, as he's known, apparently. Apparently, in, in the circles that are, that like these sorts of guys, uh, he's known as the behemoth. That was uh, scoreline took us to 16 points to 12, and it was game on. However, Penrith went for a, a, a bomb, possible knock-on from Ashford, but the Tigers... Moved all the way upfield and scored through the man himself, Robbie Farrar, and their lead was extended. Uh, another try, Bo Ryan, intercept, length of the field, and pretty much the icing of the game, this one. Trade good speed about too, an eighty minute, About an 80-metre try to Bo Ryan, I'd Bo say. Bo a match winner again. Well, yeah, I mean... You can't argue. I mean, he can he, he can score tries at crucial times. I mean, the only problem is he just needs to get rid of the other half of his game, which is let tries in at crucial times or do just absolutely <laughs> he gets rid- rid of that, ridiculous I mean, shit at crucial times. Future immortal. Uh, Tigers, uh, they finished off the game. Um, they finished off their scoring for the game, I should say, with uh, Gaddeth getting his second try. And uh, Penrith, they got a consolation try. Ryan Walker at the end. Uh, first try in first grade for the young fella. So uh, nice one for you there, but too little, too late. Final scoreline, 32 points to 18. Tigers, massive lead early. Panthers came back at him a bit, but uh, overall, I think Tigers it was a bit of a letdown game, actually, that we were pretty unconvincing in, given crap. the way we started the game. Mm. And given the Penrith side you were facing, too. Yeah, I mean, the only it showed way it that we still got that had... in our game. We've still got that bit of complacency yeah. when our opposition is down and out. Yeah. Uh, we saw it earlier this season in the South game. Um, and clearly we didn't learn our lesson 100%, because the way we started this game, we had... Utah disallowed a try for dropping the ball over the line after a few minutes. Then we scored three straight tries and really controlled things. We were making ground at will. Um, every time we spun the ball wide, we looked very dangerous. Yep. And then we took our foot off the pedal a little bit and Penrith got back into the game and you know we managed to close it out, which is a good sign. Uh, there might have been a bit of a letdown after the Dragons game and, and also the Manly game. It was a lot of hype for those two games and... The team had to get themselves up, so maybe that was the reason for a bit of a dip. But um, I still think if, if Lewis, Jennings and or Coot, you know, one or two of those guys had played, then, you know, it could have well and truly changed the result. Yep. But on the flip side, I guess it might have made the Tigers more switched on as well and yeah. they might have played the way that they started the game. They scored the a couple of fortunate tries too. I mean, there was an intercept in there and things like that. But um, Yeah, the, you the know. Robbie Farrow one as well. Yep. Um, Ashford... I don't know. I certainly look like a knock-on. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly call it a knock-on. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would have complained. No. But, you know, no one's really complaining otherwise because it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the Mick crucial. Mick Tracy was blowing up deluxe. He was blowing up the entire freaking game, though. Yeah. Like, just, that was, it was almost paramount in its, uh, in its, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Like Ferocity. Like Mick Tracy's do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly wasn't Matt Utah's best performance. He's been one of our strongest performers all year, I think. The way well, he, certainly the half, first half of the year. Yeah, it's the way... Last was, two games, I wouldn't give him too much. No, the way he was carrying the ball back um, and, and helping the forwards out, he's still, I think, he, you know, the, even the last couple of weeks, he's done a pretty good job of that. But, jeez, he's having some issues with his hands. Yeah. And under the high ball, as you'd expect from a winger that's three foot nothing, yeah. um, leaves a bit to be desired. There was a bit of a lapse between him and Mitch Brown um, late in the tackle count. They were switching, so... Brown was out on the wing, given that he's about eight foot taller than Utah. And there was, you know, they scored a try through Pertel where they hadn't done that. So there's a bit of a lapse in communication between those boys. But, um, yeah, a little bit disappointing for Utah. I think there was the try where he did really well to get to the kick, um, stepped inside the fullback and only had to put the ball down and, and dropped it. Yep. Um, and there was another couple of errors in his game as well. Um, hopefully that improves out of sight because, you know, we're getting to the stage of the season where you've got to take, make the most of every opportunity and if you're dropping balls like that and, you know, giving up certain tries, yeah, um, that could really come back and bite us on the arse. But, um, let's talk about Jennings' punishment. Okay. Magnificent. <laughs> uh, mastermind uh, Gus Gould. He's put his stamp on the club. Jennings uh, had been out on the piece with, um, who was it? Was it uh, Yosefa? Yep. And uh, got dropped off at training. Um, I don't think he was even hung over. I think he was still pissed. Well, I think he, I think he went out with Yosefa. I've been really Yosefa hung went, over, but Yosefa I don't went home. Still spit, um, smell alcohol. Yeah. He, he went out with uh, Masada Yosefa. Yosefa went home. He then, I think they were just drinking like locally or, you know, whatever. And then, then he kicked on and went to King's Cross. <laughs> As uh, as players looking to get in trouble do, which if they were drinking locally at yeah. Penrith, and then he kicked on in King's Cross, yeah, long way to go. That's to a kick decent on. hike. He'd sober up on the way, yeah, to kick on. Jesus. Yeah. Um. And then he's turned up to training. Um. Yeah. Drunk. Very hungover. Whatever. Uh. Punishment. He was dropped from the game, as we all know. And the but the real punishment that Phil Gould did was uh, was magnificent. He's basically um, rather than fine Jennings, he's instructed him to buy out of his own pocket two thousand tickets, which I believe cost him uh, twenty two thousand dollars. Oh, so one report of twenty two thousand, one report of forty four thousand. Forty four sounds more uh, sounds a bit. I mean, for two thousand tickets, it sounds like more around twenty dollars a ticket would be about right. Yeah, like twenty two thousand. You know, it's not much per ticket there. Um. And he's basically at half time forced him to personally walk around the ground giving him out to fans. <laughs> um, Just brilliant. There was a couple of guys offering him beers on the yeah. sideline. Which, um, they're obviously good sports about the whole situation. I mean, the fans to his credit play. though, he's copped it on the chin. He's realised that he's done the wrong thing and he, and he said that um, he's taken a lot out of the experience and, and the punishment that Guild handed down. So... Uh, he's certainly saying the right things. He's saying the right things, but GYC's attitude next year. Um, I did read one article during the week where um, 
when Gus took a look at his contract and saw how watertight it was. For five years. For 600 grand. Yeah. Um, he wasn't real impressed, apparently. So, <laughs> um, you know, how much truth you read into that, I don't know. But uh, also, I thought Penrith, they had a go, but they were, you know, clearly down on troops. Just undermanned to the map. Creativity. Yeah. Young Harry Syke is not up to leading a team around on his own. No. Um, or him and Luke Walsh. And they were certainly void of, of guys the calibre of Jennings, Coote and, and Lewis in this game. And um, unfortunately, they were just, you know, they were on a hiding to nothing to get yep. to get the result. I think Robbie's making his mark on games more. Um, and I suspect maybe, I don't know if this is an NRL directive or or, or something that Bill Harrigan's conjured up on off his own bat, but... There seems to be a, more of a willingness from the referees to penalise and police the ruck better um, and a lot more closely yep. because there's a lot more penalties coming the Tigers' way for holding down in the ruck and there's also a lot more for Robbie catching markers out and not just the Tigers, but obviously I follow them quite closely. So, yeah. Um, it is just the Tigers getting those penalties. You think? Yeah. I disagree. NRL need to have the Tigers in the finals for some reason. Most entertaining, highest rating team. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I don't mind. I'll take a premiership if the NRL wants to hand it to me out of mine. They don't hand premierships out, though. They don't? No, no. But they'll get you into the finals. All right, that'll do. Just a, just, just as a uh, as a something to combat the Western Sydney <laughs> AFL franchise, <laughs> which then incidentally brings... I mean, I didn't raise this in the news because, I, honestly, I think the bit of paper where I had it, I don't know where it's gone. But uh, did you see the story through the week of the West Tigers promoting AFL in Western Sydney? On, no, I believe me. I believe it was yesterday, or was it? I think it was yesterday. The Tigers actually played a game of AFL. Uh, I know uh, guys like uh, Mitch Brown were involved, and um, they thought it was oh, it was all shits and giggles. You know, it's just something different in training. You know, a bit of a recovery thing, a bit of a, you know, just to to mix up the training a bit. Okay. But um, yeah, it's awesome when they do that with the fucking cameras rolling, isn't it? In when they're one of the teams that are, are on the battlefront against the AFL team that's trying to come in and fucking capture. Didn't see that share. actually. That's surprising. In May Channel Nine News, uh, one. I'm sorry, the name escapes me right now. Who who brought it up? But um, one of the the Tool Nation guys on Twitter actually brought it up to my attention. I'd never heard of it either. Then I then I went looking, found an article where they actually mentioned it in the second half of the article. Um, absolutely dreadful form. Yeah, and it's not quite real frankly, sharp, people, is it? No, people involved with the NRL should think about probably deregistering the the club. <laughs> I think. Pass me about that Stanley knife. Maybe bring the Maggies back solo. Oh look, I find that hard to argue with. Uh. <laughs> exactly, I knew I'd get you on board with my plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next game Saturday. You're not going to go to Twitter, there, mate. Oh yeah, we'll go to Twitter. Sorry, where are we? For, what have we got here? Ricky T87, Matt Putai doing his best Wade McKinnon impression, fucking playing like a limbless Bo Ryan. Guess who he supports? Your team. Yes. Uh, oh, look, there's a picture of me. There's a picture of you, <laughs> but that's not really related to that game. Oh, it is a bit, yeah. I didn't see tonight's games, but I just saw the Courier-Mail article about the fans offering Jennings a beer. Loved the look on his face. <laughs> that was from uh, R. Benso. Uh, Annalise underscore 08. Benji kicked as normal, like Benji Marshalls do. And what the fuck is with Bo scratching his head after every try? Odd dude. Yeah, he does a bit of a head rub sort of... Di- yeah, so is, is, it, is it a thing or is it... I don't know. You don't Maybe know it's what... a bit of a shout out to me. He's polishing his baldy head. I don't know. So you're polishing your knob? 
cool or you will. <laughs> now can I move along? There wasn't a lot more there wasn't sure. a lot uh, on Twitter about that game. It's, you know, people you know, cared about it as much as I did, I suppose. Saturday, New Zealand Warriors twenty defeated the Newcastle Knights twelve. Comeback victory from the Warriors. Um not a great standard of game, I think, all in all. Uh, it was the Knights, they, uh, 24th minute they got on the board. Uh, Jared Mullen put up the kick, and Akuila Uwate Pate scored the try. Shortly after, Sean Berrigan scored five minutes later. Um, Maloney missed the conversion, unfortunately, for my fantasy side, but the Knights were still in front by two, six points to four. McDougal continued his purple patch just before half-time, 37th minute, in fact. Uh, scored the try, a touchline conversion to the captain from the sideline, Kurt Gidley, and uh, <laughs> the Knights were up at half-time, 12 points to four. Um, second half, Warriors had a better start, and uh, within the first 10 minutes of the second half, they actually got three repeat, repeat sets of six, uh, but... The Knights' defence, as it has been for the most part of the season, held strong, uh, squandered opportunities from the Warriors. Um, and then it was <laughs> Newcastle's turn to start butchering opportunities. Um, and it's probably the standard of the game, really. 60th minute, the beast, Manu Vatavai, 30-metre break, passes it in to Maloney. Maloney scored the try. Once again, I mean, normally he doesn't have a problem with conversions, but on this game, he did. Missed the conversion again, and it was 12 points to eight. Four minutes later, though, Simon Mannering, Got, uh, got onto a Sean Johnson kick, scored the try, and uh, the Warriors, they were in front for the first time in the match. Then the Knights, it was all Knights for the next 10 minutes of the game. Uh, great field position, but they didn't score again in the entire, <laughs> in the entire match, unfortunately. Um, and then the 77th minute, three minutes before full time, Felidi Mateo scored. Uh, nice run by Jeremiah from dummy half. Uh, offloaded to Mateo, scored the try. Maloney kicked the goal, extended their lead to eight points, and uh, that was all she wrote. Hasn't Jeremiah got a clutch play in him late in games? Yeah, it does lately. Yeah, right been... when they're sort of talking about, you know, the fact that he's doesn't, you know, what's his place going to be there because yeah. you know they've got friend coming over. Um, it's, playing well, he did it a couple of times last season um, as they made their run towards the finals, um, and he's done it a couple of times this season already, where. Doesn't seem to be much on, and he sort of darts out and creates something um, mm-hmm. for him, either himself or or for someone backing up. So, um, Mateo was a benefactor in this game, and I don't know, he's a good hooker. I don't know what the deal is. They're going to play the two hooker rotation yeah. thing for him, but he's good seems... enough to play eighty minutes. I'm not sure you're going to get much slow... more out of friend than what you get out of him. He had a slow start to the season, um, but I don't think that that would have had them looking elsewhere. But um, be interesting. You know, they bought friend for some, you know. If McLennan takes more of a sh- shining to Jeremiah and friends on the outer, <laughs> be playing for the Vulcans. Could be with Chris Nanu. <laughs> Wouldn't that just do your head in? Uh-huh. <laughs> it could be early retirement for early retirement for Friendy. Despite not putting the best performance in, I think the Warriors still probably took the, the most of their chances and came away with the momentum out of this game, given that they were in the same points on the ladder. Um, you know, they've now skipped a place ahead of Newcastle and two points in front of them. John uh, Newcastle, sorry, just guilty of making too many errors in the second half. They set yeah. themselves up, went into half-time with the lead um, and looked fairly good doing so. But just come second half, the Warriors uh, put a good start together and Newcastle backed that up with a few silly errors and, and that just allowed the Warriors to continue on their momentum and um, and get the result. 
I think Sean Johnson also is kicking. You know, he set up a try for Mannering with his kicking game, um, and he was the one that also he was the one that scored that try. I think you might have said Maloney in the wrap. Sorry, yeah. Um, he backed up Vatavai's break and and showed good support play to to get there in in good speed to get over the line. So, um, how awesome is he? His game is just developing at a rapid rate. Well, every week we sort of speak about him. Yeah. I mean, you know, mentioned singling him out. I mean, Big but fan. once again. Big fan. I can't believe I said Maloney. Yeah, that's right. It was Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, no, good win for the Warriors. And, um, you know, that I don't know that how deep in the finals they're going to go. But um, if they put it together and they all turn it on on the day, which, you know, only takes, you know, any, any given side um, on their day shows up and geez they're capable of anything they are they are I mean I don't rate them that highly I are mean, you rating them based on what you've seen this season or based on what you've seen in past seasons maybe it's this, this season uh, this season <laughs> this, yeah I mean this season's had it all same as you know many many seasons in the past the Warriors sure. I mean they've they're putting some form together uh, at the moment but you know it wasn't that long ago they were in a slump and it wasn't long ago before that they were in, had a, had a you know, massive run of wins. Yeah. And then it wasn't long before that before, you know, people were calling for the head of the coach and yeah. sack everybody <laughs> and, you know, because they started about 0-5 for the start of the season. So, I mean, it's just, it's, they're, they're real hard to read. I mean, this season they seem to be sort of win five, lose five, win yeah. five, lose five. So we'll see how, can they put enough games together at the right end of the season to win? I'm not sure they can get the consistency. I mean, on their day, absolutely they can win a match, but can they do that, have their day, you know, three weeks in a row? Don't it's think going so. to be difficult. But we'll find out anyway. Uh, over to Twitter, what have we got here? At Backwards Sit, our standard Kiwi correspondent. Warriors just had to hold on to the ball and they're always going to win this game. Forwards were superb. To eye the enforcer. He's on report too. Yeah. Enforced a bit too hard. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, you would expect a Kiwi fan to say that about the Warriors. Um, makes no effort, you know, mention of the, the errors and the silly penalties, but, you know, is what it is. What else do we have here? Smokey O's Barbecue. This game is a bumble fest. Watching Mullen's right hand strip the ball from his left was hilarious. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? I think that is it for that game. Moving right along to the mighty Manly Seagulls. 26. Destroyed the Parramatta Eels. 20. <laughs> Great game for Manly, oh, big God. milestone game. As my uh, as my display picture uh, on on Twitter was uh, through the week, two hundred games for Des Hasler and also two hundred games for Anthony Watmo. Um, great milestones, and I was hoping the team would aim up and uh, more so for Desi than Watmo actually, but uh, they did, and it all went well. However, didn't go to plan very early on in the piece. Um, a couple of Ryan Tandy specials uh, to the Eels, two penalty goals. I mean, not a lot of confidence. From the Eels early, I suppose. Uh, As you taking expect the from a team coming off a 50-point drubbing. Exactly. Maybe they just need to settle the butterflies a little bit. But in any case, they scored two penalty goals within the first 10 minutes of the game. We were up 4-0. Uh, then, Chris Hicks scored a try uh, against his old club, the bastard. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was converted by Luke Burt. And before you knew it, Parramatta, uh, within the first 20 minutes, they had a 10-0 lead. Um Manly didn't have a lot of ball in the first uh, first quarter of the game, to be honest. But uh, when they did get some ball, they started to grind their way back into the game a little bit. And uh, Daly Cherry Evans had one of those games, brilliant. Um, scored a try and uh, converted from the sideline by Jamie Lyon. And after 22 minutes, the score was 10 points to 6. But... 
the Eels started getting on top again, especially in the outside backs. Uh, Luke Burt sent Ryan Morgan over for a try, and uh, they went to the Sheds with a 14 points to 6 lead. And uh, we weren't actually watching this game live because we were at the Titans game, but yeah. following it on Twitter, sitting next to a Parramatta fan, or two Parramatta fans, I should say. They were pretty confident. And they were, they were pretty happy and pretty confident. Um, and oh, admittedly, I mean, only eight points. I, you know, I, I was fairly confident as well. But the general feeling from Twitter at half time was, "What the fuck, Manly?" Yeah, and, geez, you man, how is this possible? And surely Parramatta is going to uh, choke in this game. And, and what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you know? Three minutes it took uh, of second half, and uh, and the the greatest human ever invented, as I've called him, Steve Matai. Scored his first try of the match. Um, Luke Berg made a bit of a mess. Uh, Matt I scooped up the ball and uh, scored under the sticks. Uh, the conversion, easy conversion from Jamie Lyon, as you would expect, and it was 14 points to 12. As you'd expect. About two from eight. About two from eight last week. Yeah, the thing you got to remember two is with that eight. with that alleged two from eight performance. Alleged? It's they were all fact, from, mate. They it were happened. All, they were all from the sideline into a stiff breeze. Oh, of course so. Great players need to overcome these obstacles, and uh, Jamie certainly did on this occasion. 51st minute, <laughs> incredible, incredibly bad effort from Chris Hicks. <laughs> the ball bobbling around, and then he sort of took it back over the, over the, his own try line, bobbled it out. Uh, fell Matai over. Fell over. The ball just trickled and just stopped, in, and Matai scooped it up, scored the try, uh, and Manly had the lead following the conversion, 18 points to 14. Um Jamie Lyon then had the opportunity to add a penalty shot in the 55th minute, and that took the lead out to 20 points to 14, and uh, Manly were looking good. Uh, in the 60th minute, though, Daly Cherry Evans, again, I mentioned what a great game he had earlier, but, I mean, he just absolutely carved up the yields and one of the best tries of the season. Um, started with Cherry Evans. Uh, just pace, he sort of... Pace got him around his man and a bit of a palm as well. He's a bit deceptive um, pace, wasn't he? Because his legs are so short. But... He doesn't look like he's a fast guy. When he took that, uh, that in, or not the intercept, but he scooped chooks, up that yeah. ball against the Chooks. I mean, I didn't think he'd have the pace, but they just couldn't seem to close any any distance on him. And this was the same thing. Um, ultimately, they passed out. I think it was Jamie Lyon down the right-hand touchline, sent it into Daly again and out outside to uh, Brett Stewart who went in pretty much under the sticks and uh, Manly were up following the conversion 26 points to 14 um, could Parramatta come back as it turned out yes they could uh, Justin Horos dived on a uh, was it a Jared Hayne grubber it sure was, was and uh, it was 26 points to 20 with only a couple of minutes to go and on the very last last play of the match, Jared Hayne put up a massive boot into the air. Tony Williams dwelling out on the centres again, in centres slash wings again, where he has no right to be, jumped up, tried to catch the ball with a ridiculous kind of mark, um, hit the ground, bounced right up perfectly for Luke Burt, who dropped it. Yeah. And uh, ultimately the ball uh, went dead. That was the ball game. Manly survived. They won the game 26 points to 20. And Honestly, on this occasion, no doors were harmed. No, definitely not. <laughs> Although I suspect he did give him a spray at half time, but deservedly so, I think. Deservedly so, yeah. I mean, their completions in the second half. I know that that uh, they were thirteen from thirteen. They were, yeah. Their first thirteen sets they completed. I'm not sure what happened after that because we were trying to monitor it at the time. I can't remember yeah. what the statistics were for the rest of the game. For Para, I don't. I, I'm one of the people that doesn't subscribe to the theory that Jared Hayne is is going to make a five eight. 
you notice a lot of people are jumping off that now. Yeah. And there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork like We've other been through this before. Yeah. <laughs> the start of 2009, was it? Yeah. When that 2009. Um, when Anderson had him playing 5-8, he went back to fullback. They went on a run, made the grand final. He won the Dally M and the rest is history. Yet, here we are again. He's back playing 5-8. Yeah. Just doesn't... He's a, he's a fullback. Yeah. And if he's not a fullback, he's a winger. He's certainly not a centre, and he's most certainly not a 5-8. Just don't get it. I get that Parra need to do something creatively in the halves, um, but clearly that hasn't been the answer, and I don't think it's going to be the answer for for the long term or the short term or whatever term. So, I think Para after last week's game against Seas, they did restore some pride in their jumper despite the horrible errors that gifted Manly two tries. Yeah, but they have said that from dummy half, and then yeah, but I mean, remember Matt Hyde uh, passed from dummy half to. Uh... To nobody as well, and that resulted in uh, the Chris Hicks try. So um, they're even there. Cancels out, cancels out one, but <sighs> they're just they're just a long way off the pace, power. The yeah, funny thing is, though, I mean, they they compete really well. I mean, forgetting that the the game against Souths for a long lot for maybe you know, well, eight, they had eight Melbourne on the ropes. They had two golden point losses. They had they took the they they had a draw with the Dragons, beat the Tigers. And that was the last... That was Smash the, the Tigers, one. actually. Oh, it wasn't quite... It was like, like 22 to 6, I think, wasn't it? Something like that. 13 plus, they call that. I don't that. remember these things, Nathan. In the parlance of the TAB, they'd call that 13 plus. <laughs> Bit of a smashing. <laughs> a fat lord of good it's done him. Do you want Stanley knife? Concerned. Sorry? Do you want Stanley knife again? I know. It's all right. We'll have our revenge this week. It just... Creatively... They're void. Yeah, Jared Hayne. I mean, he'd be he'd be a great ball player if he actually looked where he fucking passed it. What's yeah. the everything? I mean, every pass he throws, it has to be like, oh, I'm looking straight ahead. Yeah. No, look, mate. I don't have to look. I'm Jared Hayne, bitch. <laughs> I'm Jared Hayne, bitch. <laughs> Having said that, it doesn't like, I like Benji's prone to a no look pass as well. Yeah. But he throws a few look passes as well. That. Yeah, to hit people on the chair, and his no look passes. I mean, the 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 player who is uh, the ball's destined for, they tend to realize, they tend to know it's on, because it's been trained and stuff. Yeah, Jared seems to p- pull it out of his kit bag, and he's yeah. the only one that knows about it. No one's really ready for it. No. Yeah. Parafans just they've just got to be borderline suicidal. Pretty much, I think it's, they've actually gone it's past lucky that, that now. They don't have a Stanley knife as sharp as that thing that could cut glass over there. Yeah. Steel, like it has here in this case. Marshmallow. <laughs> Definitely ploughed through. Cat my fur. Sorry? Cat, Cat fur. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big finals series for, for Dale. Dale Evans. Who? Dale Evans. Fucking retard. <laughs> I'd hate to see him do the Daniel Mortimer. That's my only concern for him. Oh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> You'd like to think so. You think he he's people got, would have said that about? Uh, he's got a great team around him, great team to support him. Yeah. Advice coming in from uh, you know your Joey Johnses, your Cliff Lyonses. What's Joey saying? Joey saying hey, Dale, Jay, come over here. Joey said, Joey said, Daly, your ass isn't fat enough to be one of the truly great <laughs> halves of the, in history. You need to get up to Chompers and eat one of those double double burgers. <laughs> 
obviously for lunch can, every day. But so you can go to that. You can go to that place out at wherever the fuck it is in Sydney with the the you know twelve inch burgers. I was telling oh, you yeah. about. We got the chips and the one point two five coke. We'll do that grand final time. Thoroughly unconvincing for Manly, but they got the job done. They move on and up, you know, roll on through another week. And and the fact is, I mean, with the with the Parramatta games, I mean, you, you look back historically, especially over the last couple of years, and Parramatta, they're always a close game for Manly. They always tend to lift, and they and they often tend to drag Manly down into their their level a bit. It's <laughs> kind of like what happens with Penrith and the Tigers, yeah. I think, or this season Penrith and the Tigers. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm just glad to get out of there with the win, to be honest. And uh, move on to bigger and better teams. I have a similar feeling after the Tigers game, to be honest. I wasn't. Um, I was a little disappointed that they didn't put their best performance together. The fact that we got away with a win was was about all I was looking for out of that game. Yep. Moving right along to the Twitter. At Backwards It Again. Game report. Para played like a real wooden spoon team, but showed great teamwork in allowing double amputee Chris Hicks to play. (laughs) Poor Chris Hicks. Come home from England. Another one of the players that come home from England. Who has come back and actually made a, a good fist of it. From England? Orford, practically retired. Riddell, yeah. back and retired. Hicks, mostly played the Reggies. He's come back and played a couple of first-grade games and getting absolutely kicked into oblivion. I mean, he's going to play this week too, and the and the para fans are just blowing up about it. I just can't think of a... Who's come... Jason I mean, Riles. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, You're not really proving... You're proving my point here. What about... Uh, Trying to think, wonder how Badaris will go next year. Jeez, if he's that crap, though. <laughs> Liam Fulton. Yeah, but I mean, he was. Uh, I mean, he's like, come back a better player, and he kind of left in his prime and came back in his prime too. Like Riddell was kind of getting towards the end. Hicks certainly, Orford certainly, Orford. You know, I don't think Orford anyone realised he was that close to the end as he as he turned out to be. Mm. But um. Yeah, I think you know, he was quite. He's pretty young. I mean, like that'd be like you know if Jared Salmon came back and killed it. Yeah, because like, okay. like yeah, he's yeah super young as well. Um, what have we got here? At, Jared Salmon's hair though. Yeah, well, his hair's gonna only get better. Jack Sparrow. At linear, my manly halftime full time bet came off though. Complacency into adequate brilliance. It was paying a dollar fifty. Whatever, Kurt. That's that's not a lot really for a yeah. halftime full time mol. He probably put a dollar fifty on it too. Oh, that's all right. Winners, winners. Uh, what do we got here? Ah, Benso, Eels fan. So, another Eels loss, a lapse in concentration for 10 or 20 minutes. It's cost us the game. Again, 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 and again. What else do we have here? Just goes to show you've got to be switched on for 80 minutes at this level. Exactly. Power just don't seem to have that in them. And the other thing, the other thing worth mentioning about this game, well, it does worth mentioning, Parramatta fans in the uh, vicinity of the away supporters bay, I can wake up to yourself, guys. Uh, one of the listeners, uh, Annalise, Annalise underscore 08, who's a great friend of the show. She was there, as she is uh, generally at away games, uh, all manly games uh, in the Sydney area, certainly. She had her uh, Snakes Alive banner. Parramatta fan tried to break it. Yeah. Pretty poor form, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, not as bad as Cronulla fans who tried to fucking set manly fan on fire a couple of years ago. Literally tried to fucking set a lighter to their jerseys and while I was standing there, as Cronulla fans do. Jesus, that's hardcore. Yeah, yeah, it is. But in any case... Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we all love our teams, but Jesus. Wake up to yourself. I mean, I'd like to set you on fire, but that's because you're a cock, not because you're a Manly fan. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to cut you with a Stanley knife, but 
I'm you prove, you're proving you'll do it yourself. Good job there. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's move right along to the other final Saturday game, game that we were in attendance uh, at Skilled. Melbourne Storm 40 defeated the Gold Coast Titans. Not nearly enough. No. 16. But we expected the Storm to win this game fairly big. And uh, although it was in doubt, I guess, for a little while, I mean, yeah, certainly not, really. the, the, not the result, but certainly the size of the win. They did pull away and get a massive uh, twenty-four point win. To be fair, I was more in, intent. Uh, sorry, I was more involved in watching the uh, the game go on in the stands between you. What game and was a that? Melbourne fan. Yeah, I tell you, I wore a manly jacket, manly hoodie. I knew what I was doing when I when I put that hoodie on. You're that guy. I I, I had no stake in this game, Storm versus Titans. What do I care either way? I was there to instigate shit with Melbourne fans. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from that. <laughs> and it literally probably from the first kickoff is about when the when it all started. You did, you did start calling out cheats. <laughs> well Cheat. the, it actually started when I, when we went to the, those other people in our seats. And so we'd sort of walk down past them and then we're like, hang on a minute, they're our seats and yeah, we sort yeah. of moved them on. And I've sort of turned around and they've seen the jacket and it had to be. The old Dak was a bit um she was like no, 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 no. Really? This is what's your what's your aisle? What's your bro? Yeah, uh, thirty three. Oh no, that's down there. No, 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 no. No, it's not. Exactly. Get the fuck out of my seat. And then I turned around, and the jacket, you know, the hoodie's clearly got manly written across the back. And then someone said something about that, and I was like, okay, then it's fucking on, is it? Okay, it's on. Did someone actually say something? Or you yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard something about fucking manly fans, something blah blah blah. It was yeah. from that woman. Same person, really? Yeah, the one that looked like to wear a Nick Owl's leg. Fucking manly fans that make people get the <laughs> fuck out of their seats. Yeah. So one time I'll support a manly fan, I might add. It was good times, though. Cause, it was. Because uh, a couple of things learned. Um, they really, really take the 40 nil thing hard. Very hard. <laughs> I, I, I think You it busted it out early, though. About three minutes. I thought you would have kept that up your sleeve and used it as a knockout punch. Oh but yeah, no. but I mean, yeah, I was like, I'm like a young Mike Tyson. It was, Shock a, I was, all. I was going in early in knockout yeah. punch. I was, yeah. I was looking for first round. I wasn't going for fucking twelve round decision here. Why leave it in the hand of the judges? Baddest man on the planet, only eat your children. And so, um, yeah, I smacked them with the forty nil. Didn't like it. Um, did not like it at all. They got really angry actually. Didn't like when you so then I start, cheats either. So then I threw in the whole salary cap cheat thing. Wow, didn't that fire them up? <laughs> Apparently the players they they kind of brainwashed a bit. Uh, players are just following orders. It was all it was all the uh, the NRL and their administration who were at fault for that cheating thing. I, you know, I didn't realise that, but um, I was told. And so you know, I'll have to believe them. Clearly, they know. <laughs> at this point, uh, our our good friend, good friend of the show, and the uh, gentleman who organised the tickets for us for this game, Dave Risby at Riz six 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 on Twitter. Um, who was a vertically challenged young man. Um, He's a top bloke, though. Fucking legend. Drinks Massive girly fan. drinks, but vodka yeah. raspberry, give me a break. Pours him straight into his vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't spill it on the table. We would have had to mop it up with a Libra Ultra Slim. Yeah, but no, top bloke. Awesome meeting him. Yeah, he was great, but you almost used him as a baton. <laughs> You're going to pick him up and beat that bitch over the head with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, when you know, a, a male a, hit me with your risby stick, <laughs> hit me, hit me. Um, at, at the end of the day, you, you know that no matter how heated it gets with a storm fan, 
there's just like there's nothing that can overcome the old forty nil. It's it's the trump it's card. A, it's it a cloak of invisibility. It's like a force field around you, and there's just nothing they can do about it. And the more they try and justify it, the, the stupider they look. Oh, Did just, she say something about not having Cameron Smith? Yeah, yeah. Oh. She like she blamed it all on that, and like. I didn't even feel like I needed to go any further with that with the the forty year old. It just said it all, and you could see the other Storm fans like there was a girl two seats down from her who I think was with you know I don't know if it was her mother or you know something, and um and she was kind of looking at her like will you just fucking stop? <laughs> this manly guy's just gonna keep smacking the forty nil on us. <laughs> that actually happened, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was good times. It was. It was. It was. It was great times. And then we had the guys behind us, the Titans fans. Who um, turned out they were Titans fans because uh, they were North Sydney fans and the and the Bears got killed by Manly. So I had a fucking you could say I had a fan club in the road behind us. It was amazing. The only person that hated you more than them was me. Yeah, and you were like you were getting ready. You were calling up. You were getting ready to fucking throw down if it had if it came to it. On my side, I don't know about the, the North Sydney fan that apparently had only just got out of jail a week earlier for undisclosed offences. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Manly fans, maybe. Uh, he didn't look big enough to be able to kill a Manly fan. <laughs> anyway, we had our Risby stick. We were we right. We did. And uh, it was good times. Uh, a couple of other uh, Twill Nation members down there as well. Very, very drunk. Very drunk. Oh, very. And disorderly, I might add. Yeah. Now, let's get to the game. Didn't see a lot of the game. Uh, we were just too busy sledging people. And uh, drink, I did. I took a keen drink. interest in this game. Um, I wanted to see Adam play. <laughs> Yeah, you want to see Adam Blair? I want to see Maurice Blair. Maurice Blair, uh, very, very early on in the game, he was off, which is why he got a, a grand total of nine super coach points and almost fucking cost me some finals uh, in, in super coach this week too, the bastard. Um, in any case, the Titans got an early lead, took a uh, Ryan Tandy special, two points to nil. That was uh, Presto taking that goal. Um, oh, I should mention, it's um, another milestone game. And these milestone games, the Titans this season haven't oh, been going. They're crackers, back. aren't they? They are crackers. This one, the the Titans were never going to win this game because it was a, it was uh, Preston Campbell's hundredth game for the Titans, and the Titans with milestone games this year. Have there been any winners? Not that I'm aware. I think of. they've all been really bad defeats too, like not just you know losses, but bad. Oh, there's been a couple of sh- shocking yeah. ones where there was a Princey milestone game they didn't even turn up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely destroyed. In any busy case, out celebrating the milestone. Yeah, uh, the Storm, in the 12th minute, they got a first penalty of the game, and uh, got them, that got them the attack, and then it was pretty much game over. Uh, in under 10 minutes, uh, Storm got three tries. First one went to Quinn, then one to Cooper Cronk, and then to Sikamanu. They went in the 14th, 18th, and 20th minutes of the game. Cameron Smith got two of the conversions out of those three, and uh, the Storm would just bam over the top of them. Um, the Gold Coast though, got a penalty, got down into some good field position, and uh, they found a way to get a try. Um, Steve Michaels was uh, scored over in the left-hand side. Seven like minutes, Steve Michaels do. Like Steve Michaels do on occasion, really. Uh, in the 33rd minute of the game, uh, Presto couldn't add the extra, and uh, so the Gold Coast were just left for six, and I think it was, what, it was 22 points to six. Sorry, that's right. It was 16 points to six at that stage. However, this is a try, one try I didn't see, because I literally 30 seconds before half time I went to go uh, grab a drink, use the men's room, and I could hear the crowd go up, and I thought, wow, that's a massive, massive crowd cheering that thing. It must be a storm try. And sure enough, it was. <laughs> Billy Slater scored. Sorry, Billy Slater set up. Sorry. Billy Slater scored off Cooper Cronk. 
easy conversion uh, apparently uh, to Smith. I think it was under the sticks. Was under the sticks that try? Oh, next next to the post. Next post. I haven't watched the replay for this game, so I'm just going off uh, what I actually saw in this one. I only heard this try scored. It was it was a great try. And uh, yeah, Melbourne led twenty two points to six at half time, and uh, yeah. That's pretty much how we expected the game to continue going. And more or less, that was the case in the second half. Uh, terrible uh, terrible drop uh, from uh, Rankin uh, trying to grab a bomb uh, 10 minutes into the second half. And uh, the Storm scored their second try of the night for Cooper Cronk, uh, as good Cronks do. Um, and just minutes later, Cooper Cronk got his third try of the game. Uh, where he scored a ball off Cameron Smith, strolled through the fence, scored the try. Cooper Cronk getting a hat trick. Yes. Fancy that. It's happening again. Like good players All do. All these players, if I had a dollar for every hat trick that had been scored, <laughs> yeah. I'd be able to buy a Happy Meal. No. No, you'd be able to buy like a car. <laughs> that hasn't been quite that many, but Jesus. Maybe it'd only be a remote control still car. still take it. Yeah. Still take it. Uh, Titans, absolutely. It was absolutely game over at this stage. But then it looked like... Um, See, like Preston uh, became more involved in the game, and he, he started doing a bit of a uh, you know sort of running up to the line and sort of crabbing to the right and uh, you know stepping and jinking, and he seemed to find space every time he did it. He seemed to find a bit of space, seemed to create a bit of an overlap, and the Titans actually started throwing some points on, um, and they scored uh, two tries in in five minutes. Um, Bodine Thompson scored the first try in the fifty seventh minute, and then David Mead scored one in the sixtieth minute. And uh, the Titans were fighting back a little bit. And I mean, they were fairly, you know, they, they weren't that close to the storm, but they seemed to be actually, you know, scoring and making ground fairly easily. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go down without a fight. You have to give them credit. Yeah, yeah. However, storm, they stiffen up their defense. And unfortunately, they were hit, for, they, they were hit with injury at this stage. Uh, Cooper Cronk rolled his ankle and subsequently he's out this week, isn't he? He is, yeah. Uh, that was followed shortly after. Um, O'Neill... Uh, attempted to score a try and was lying motionless on the ground. They had him, he was down for a long time and held the game up. Well, they yeah, brought out was, the, uh, it looked like, looked to be a pretty bad one. Brought out the Medicab, um, took their time. Uh, so his back spasms, they must've thought it was worse though at the time. Once again, being at the ground, I mean, we couldn't hear what was, you know, going on, you know, no commentary to speak of. No, so. he was lying there for a long, and looked to be in a hell of a lot of pain. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he did, he did, and um, subsequently medicabbed off. Um, but Storm scored again uh, just before full time. Where uh, what happened? Billy Slater second try of the night. Cameron Smith added the conversion, uh, and then in the dying minutes of the game, injury struck the Gold Coast this time. Clinton Torpy, uh, he basically had to be assisted off the field, and the, that injury could spell the end of his career. He's retiring at the end of the year. And yeah, they said it was like a bout, almost like a bout of vertigo. He fainted on the field. and Yeah, and they're not sure what the deal is and if he'll be able to come back. Strange. Yeah, and so after all of the injuries at the end of the game, uh, finally the Hooter went. 40 points to 16 was the final scoreline in favour of the Storm. And that was Melbourne Storm with their 11th victory on, on the trot. And yeah. uh, that equals their record. Good play that, Adam Blair. I saw him touch the ball once. He set up a try. He did. He if needs he a higher work rate, that though. That kind of form for the Tigers. Every tr- every touch, scoring a try. Needs Very a higher impressive. needs a higher work rate. Sorry. Can't just touch the ball once a match. Yeah, I'd like to see two or three, <laughs> at least. If he's going to set up a try every time, I'd take that. 
Wasn't overly impressed. Thought was, he was reasonable in defence, but he was a Dave Taylor esque try though that he set up, mind you. He did, he did, or Steve Menzies. Yeah. He did get on the outside of the winger, <laughs> <laughs> slightly just inside a touchy. Exactly. What was he doing out there? He thought he was Maurice for a minute. <laughs> Biggest issue to come out of this game for Melbourne is um, is obviously Cronk's injury, and. I think this might have a serious effect on the momentum with which Melbourne go into the finals. What's the prognosis on uh, potential? How many well, weeks is going to be out? At least two weeks, they're saying. So at least two. Yeah. Wow, that's unfortunate. Possibly, possibly the last game as well. But wow. I think if it if it does linger, especially if he goes into the finals and he's not a hundred percent, and they bring him back because they need him to play. Yeah. Um, and he's. He's below his best, and he's a great player, and I'm sure he would play through pain, but might leave him a little bit vulnerable. You know, those guys, we've said it often during the season, that those guys, um, Smith, Slater, and Cronk, you know, they when they're at their best, they're, they're almost unbeatable, but mm-hmm. if they're off a notch or two, that's when Melbourne, you, that's when you can get them. Yep. Um, if one of them's injured, or, you know, below par because of an injury... Could leave the door open slightly. Could. I think. Um, and I guess we'll see this weekend how they actually go. Yeah, sure. The The Titans opened up and they had a flood of penalties. I think there was about five penalties there at one stage yeah. to start the game. They come out of it with a penalty goal. It's just with with those penalties and their subsequent possession that the Titans got, if a better side probably would have taken a stronger grip on the game. Yeah. Maybe put some points on it and had Melbourne behind the eight ball and forced them to to show their hand and um, and they f- fight their way back into the game. But the Titans really just surrendered fairly meekly in that aspect. And, yep. and Bo Henry offered nothing in this game. Sorry? Bo Henry offered nothing. Yeah, I thought he was fairly ordinary. Um, Supercoach, he finished up on negative one point. Yeah. yeah. That's a good indication, isn't it? Yep. Um, Sikamani killed him all night, running yep. wide, um, scored a try, just... He was a handful every time he took the ball up, uh, both out wide and also out the middle. Yep. It wasn't like he was just doing the fat touchy thing. He was, he was having some good runs through the middle of the ruck as well, and he was a he was a handful for the Titans. Slater's try just before half time, the one you mentioned earlier, I think that one killed the Titans' spirit. They were they were going along and and. You know, they were keeping themselves within reach and they were close enough if good enough. But I think you got the impression that, you know, they're probably always going to lose the game and they were always hopelessly outclassed. But you could just see their heads drop and their body language change when Slater scored that try right on half time. And, um, you know, but for a bit of resistance in the second half, I, I don't know that they really mounted much of a yeah, challenge. They're pretty, I, they're, they're pretty good for that period in the second half to the point where I think that, um, you know, if it had been the Dragons are playing, they probably would have come over the top of them. Yeah, you could be right. But I mean, but, Preston, there was a time there, like, a period of about 10 minutes there where Preston was like it was untouchable. untouchable. Yeah. yeah. They were definitely game in scoring 16 points against the best defence in the comp, considering no Prince, so their attacking options yeah. were severely limited. Um, and you've already mentioned the impact that Henry had on the yeah, game. Yeah, still was... no friend, so... Sorry? Still no friend, although Sharma had a good game. Oh, I thought Sharma went really well. Yeah, he did have a great game. Uh, defended really well, and they threw a lot at him through the middle of the ruck as well, and he was up to the challenge. So yeah. he's he's going to be a great player. We've said it before. Um, but, 
Yeah, you got a feel for the Gold Coast. At the end of their season can't come quick enough for both the team and their fans. I think. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was a great night to be out there, and um, you know, it's a great facility to watch footy. It's a shame that more people don't get there. Um, Titans Legion was pretty bloody loud. There was one period there in the second half where it wasn't when uh, O'Neill was down. It was something happening. What was happening over the left hand side of the field? Might have been. Uh, Not sure. I mean, Torpy or, or, or when Cronk, but they were massively loud. Yeah. And for such a small bunch of dudes down there, yeah, they generated a shitload of noise. Absolutely. There was a guy that piped up with a drum not far from us. Yeah, I don't know what well. the deal was. Wasn't that there guy. in the first half, and then all of a sudden piped up with a drum. Yeah, up the back, I mean, up, you know, sort of positioned himself probably, what, on a 40 metre line. Uh, yeah. Because we were kind of, we were sitting about halfway, weren't we? And so this guy would have been on a 40 meter line. He wasn't there in the first half. So, I mean, if any one of the Legion people want to give us a heads up as to what the drummer dude was doing up there, yeah. I'd be interested to hear. Wasn't now, particularly well, well timed drumming, but no, no. It was drumming nonetheless. The other thing is, I mean, it's very pro Storm crowd at this game. There was a lot of support for the Storm. Wasn't a lot of the away supporters, Bay. That end wasn't that full at all. It was probably only the actual middle they were bay was about half full. throughout the whole facility. And but the main, yeah, the main there was side. There a lot around us. Tons, and it just seemed like, you know, with flags and everything like that, it seemed like that whole area where we were was Storm. Yeah, I don't know how many of them flew out. There was, there was some people around us that said they'd flown up from Melbourne for the game. Yep. Um, and I don't know how much of it was local support, but it was it was more than I expected, yep. given it's not exactly Rugby League heartland. And, yep. Um, but yeah, they got a good show of support there. Okay. I can't imagine as much about Twitter. We didn't really push this one hard on Twitter because we weren't uh, around on a computer for it. But what have we got there? Uh, Cruzio Six has chimed in again. Oh, and a hat trick by... Oh, my bad again. Cooper Cronk like Cooper Cronk's do. He's picked you out. He's, he's picked you out in defence and he's just targeting you it's this like entire... Close punching the that bloke. <laughs> he's targeting you this entire show. I don't think many other people have much to say. I mean, obviously, Titans guys be... Uh, bit quiet uh, and I mean we were you know two of the Titans fans that liked to vent it up uh, on Twitter they were actually with us at the game yeah so um, <laughs> so that would have kept them pretty quiet and, and their I can, tweets during the game would have been illegible and, and take it from me they were <laughs> they were well and truly drunk at that game and if they had any recollection of what actually happened I'd be very surprised Sunday first game South Sydney Rabbitohs 47 smashed the ever-loving shit out of the Canberra Raiders on 18. Um, wow, the South continued their recent good run. And in the opening 25 minutes of the game, this one was all she wrote. Uh, the Raiders hadn't even completed a set, and the Rabbits had thrown on four converted tries. First try went to Dylan Farrell. I mean, as he does. I mean, he's got a tremendous hit rate for, you know... Can't score a try, that The boy. amount of games he's had in his first grade career and the amount of tries he's scored must be, you know, almost Brett Stewart-like in the, you know... Probably better. As far as it matches up. Well, I doubt it's better because, you know, who better than Brett Stewart? Answer, no one. Um, <laughs> you can't answer your own question and have any credibility. Well, what 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 credibility does it give an answer if you make it? Well, at least... Negative cred. <laughs> it's like Bo Henry of cred. At least it's objective. <laughs> It is not. Bo Henry of Cred. <laughs> uh, where were we? Dylan Farrell got the first one in the ninth minute. Um, and then over the following 10 minutes, we had a try. Uh, Inglis, uh, try in the 15th minute. Uh, Inglis, another try in the 25th minute. And sorry, in between there, we had a try to Ben Ross in the 21st minute. And that's why his score was so great on Supercoach. 
Wasn't it good to see him get a try? It was, it was. It's a I shame mean, that no one knows where he's going to be playing next season. Still no closer to deciding where he's going to be. Uh, he doesn't seem that all that happy about the fact that South don't appear to want him. Oh, wouldn't he would be happy about well, it. No, but I mean, he, you know, he, uh, he sort of speaks out about it a bit, like, yeah. you know, uh, like, you know, the fact that they haven't offered him a contract. Uh, Sandow. Nice to see him get a run in the NRL next season. I think he's earned it. I think he will. Sandow, four out of four uh, in that period there, and it was 24 points to nil in the 25th minute of the game. Sousa took their foot off the pedal a bit, and uh, Canberra got their first try. Blake Ferguson in the 31st minute of the game, and following the conversion, it was 24 points to six. Um, Canberra made a bit of a comeback, laid a few more tries on, and before you knew it, they went into halftime, it was 24 points to 18, and it was absolutely game on. Sure was. Um, second half. Canberra pretty much started the way they started the first half. Uh, conceded a lot of penalties. Uh, their defence went back to the the wafer thin defence that they've put on, you know, over the last probably three to four weeks, I'd say. Um, in the fifty and fifty fourth minute, it was Rabbits uh, got two tries through Nathan Merritt, continuing on his fantastic form of recent uh, recent times. Uh, that gave him what uh, that was his seventh try in two games. Yeah, as they uh, said in commentary, though, like up until the point where he scored his first try. Very, very quiet um, game. I hadn't, his number hadn't been called. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's obviously a place for finishers, but, I mean, he's he's just a very good finisher. Put the, he's, his real talent um, is rather than creating anything, it's just being there for the last pass to be thrown or, yep. you know. Generally feel Great like support pass, player. Oh, fantastic support player. No Terry Lamb, but, I mean, he's up there. Yeah. Um, oh, no one's Terry Lamb. In, as far as support play goes. <laughs> uh, in any case, the game was pretty much over at that point, but the Raiders tried to make another comeback. Uh, Josh Dugan, he scored a try in the 58th minute of the game, and then they scored again in the 64th minute. Uh, a sideline side conversion from Croker, and it was 18 points to the Raiders. South kept scoring the tries. Merritt got his third try, and what do we call three tries? A hat trick, apparently. Hat trick. This week, we had a hat trick of hat tricks. And uh, that took <laughs> Hoffman Cronk. Merit. Yep, got it. Hat trick of hat tricks. Uh, and <laughs> as good players do. Sorry, I was just wallowing in my own self-pity. Sorry, I sorry, wasn't mate. disagreeing with what you were saying. <laughs> sorry, mate. Uh, and sorry, I forgot in there. We also had a Chris Sandow field goal, but this one did not spur a comeback in the opposite, opposite <laughs> side. <laughs> and finally... One minute to go. The scoring was rounded out by Chris McQueen. Scored the try, forty-seven points to eighteen. The Rabbits got it. Um, Pretty impressive. It was certainly an attack, and they are beating up on two of the. Sorry, they're beating up on two of the bottom three sides in the competition. Well, that's one of the points I wanted to make. They're beating us up on some lesser lights, and and that's one thing. But are they good enough or well enough coached to do it against the elite? That's you know. Everyone's talking about them making the finals, and that's all well and good. Um, and if they do make the finals from here, they'll go in with a hell of a lot of momentum. But no one's talking about them finishing fourth. They're talking no. about them scraping into the eight and going down to Melbourne. So assuming they finish eight, they'll be both Melbourne in Melbourne. Yeah. Tough road trip for any side, except for the Warriors, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and do you, do you honestly think that the Melbourne defence is going to let a lot of that stuff happen? Hell no. I just I don't think if it comes down to to John Lang having to devise a, a game plan um, to to combat a team like the Storm or Manly or whoever the case might be, I just yep. don't think you know 
he's got the wood over Tim Sheens. So if they had to play the Tigers, then um, he'd probably feel fairly confident. But I don't know. I'm just not sure Johnny's got that, that sort of game plan in him to, to get him going in the, into the second week of the finals if they are... You know, if they do squeak, squeak in, I never realised. I never wanted to give Sando this much credit, but I never realised he was this good. Yeah, friggin' hell, he looks amazing at the moment. <laughs> and just when they um, and, and just when he gets to his peak, off he goes. Off he goes. Off he goes to Parramatta. <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of South fans are probably pissed off that he is going. Is there's no real contingency plan there. Yeah. Like who plays halfback next year? I don't who know. Knows? I don't even know who plays halfback for him in the twenties. I mean, there, there was a good player. yeah, and there was, there was talk about Gower coming back, but he's since he's since signed elsewhere in England or yeah, something. Signed with Harlequins, yeah. yeah. Um, but his his run of form, pretty much over the course of this season, we seem to be have talked, seem to have been talking about him a lot, and he just. You know, we we keep expecting him to have these horrible games. It just hasn't really come off. Dugan played a lone hand for the dra- for for the Dragons. Fucking start again. Josh Dugan played a lone hand for the Raiders, but it just wasn't enough. They just made so many just errors that really you've come to expect from this season. There and Dugan's uh, injured himself again too. He has. He's prone to a bit of injury, isn't he? He is a bit of a blight on his game. Genuine tampon this season. <laughs> you love pulling that line out, don't you? I mean, especially if it's like the players in for one week but and out for three. look at some of the runs. It, like, as as a camp, you know, Canberra fans have got to be frustrated with the fact that when he does play, he's like some of the runs he made even in this game. Yeah. Bouncing off and spinning out of tackles has just been generally awkward to friggin' put on the ground. Yeah. You know, every time he does that, they realise what they've been missing for all the time that he's been out injured. Sure it always start. seems to be his calves. Yeah. And he wears that stupid tape. Surely that's enough. <laughs> well, I mean, that tape, you know, single-handedly held the Warriors together last season. True, but Canberra <laughs> seemed to have got some factory seconds of that tape. It seems yeah. to be peeling off. It's, it's always hanging off someone's leg. It I got the, stuck properly. The, the, it's manufactured by the same people that make Benji's power bands. <laughs> but it always comes back to the best player in the world. Interesting. Trying to discredit him. Biggest sucker in the world. Oh, please. With his placebo bands on. Hey, pay me enough money, I'll wear them. <laughs> you got anything else to say about this game? No, that's it. I, You know, I'm not convinced on the bunnies. They've got to beat Look, they've got to get there and they've got to rely on results. It's not yeah. in their destiny. They've so got to I mean... beat someone worthwhile before they'll convince me of anything. Yeah, and you know other worthwhile teams that have proved more worthwhile through the course of the season have to lose games for them to catch up. And you know, I mean, at the moment they're clinging onto the mathematical thing. You know, uh, well, we've got Twitter here. They're Why only not? two points out of the eight. So if yeah. they keep winning and Newcastle lose a game, they're in. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing they've got to rely on Newcastle to lose a game. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. That's what I'm saying. No, but it's mathematical at this stage. I mean, Newcastle got to come up. I mean, they got the Broncos in their future, mm. but so do the Rabbits. Yeah, true. So you know that could that could be a wash, and then that leaves them. It's going to be an awful letdown if they lose this week or next week. It is, but you know we'll see. I mean, I guess at the end, you know, it'll be if they can get over them, then great. You know, maybe they will have some good momentum, and maybe they are a real deal. I'm just not sure. You know, that they are at the moment. I don't know if their defense is good enough to hold out teams that are actually going to throw anything at them. Yeah. 
Um, Twitter, 102 Megan. Match highlight, English tripping over the advertising. Yes, we re-round it and played it in slow-mo many times. <laughs> Pretty impressive uh, drop and roll. Oh. He did recover fairly well. Yeah. If that yeah. was me, I would have been face down, sprawled out on the ground. Begging uh, someone to help me up. Bunnyman72, will the Eels destroy Sandow's career like they did to Hayne and Mortimer? What's <laughs> happened to Dan Mortimer? Oh, he's. I think he's in a shallow grave somewhere. I mean, seriously, what? He's like the Dale Cherry Evans of 2010. That's just retarded. What? Mortimer had his good year in 2009. Yeah. Did nothing in unsighted 2010. Unsighted last year. Unsighted this year. That's two years. Unsighted. So Did you're he... saying the Cherry's going to be unsighted two years in a row, is that what you're saying? From next 2012, year. 2013. We'll see. Are you going to make that official on the record prediction? Yep. Great. I've made plenty of other bullshit calls that you've never harked back to, so I'll make that one too. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, I'll hark back to them in the end of season episode. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and incidentally, in the uh, speaking about this game today, uh, we had uh, Justin Wonder, okay, Justin Cunningham, who um, today sent a message, and I thought he was like, I thought he was setting me up to have a go. Uh, and he'll he, do that. Yeah, he's, he's got that in his game. He said, "I'm a bit slow this week, boys. Only just listening to podcast now." Nate, have a listen back to your South Raiders prediction, and I started thinking to myself. Oh, there's no, no, I didn't tip the fucking Raiders, did I? And, uh, and then he said, he's followed it up and said, I think it's pretty obvious who the rugby league genius is at least for one week. And I'm like, fucking, what did I say? And, um, <laughs> and then he's gone, Nate, you predicted South by 26 plus and nearly got the total points scored as well. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, good times. Let's, let's ignore that tweet. <laughs> yes, let's. We got some interesting tweets today. Let's just say, let's just say that. Yes, we did. Can we say anything more about that? No. Can't say come at me, bro. <laughs> um, I think that's it for that one. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Sunday, the uh, Channel 9 3 p.m. game. Match of the round, allegedly. Sydney Roosters, 20. One of the upsets of the season, yes. The oh, upset of the season. Oh, okay. Let's say on name on name value upset one of the upsets of the season. St George Illawarra Dragons twelve, um, amazing. This is a game that I had in a multi as the Dragons massive win. This was a game I had pegged as the you know the Dragons to sort of you know come back and make some sort of statement, especially given the controversy that the uh, that the Eels the uh, Roosters went through in the lead up, dropping Carney Miles Frank Paul the wrecking ball. Um, you'd think there would have been a bit of disharmony uh, internally, but wow, the Roosters came out and they took a. They certainly surprised me, and I mean, I'm not. I just don't know whether it was they were that good or if it was the Dragons were that bad. Dragons, Dragons pretty well capitulated. Looks very flat. The got, got well, they look, momentum. Yeah, and they looked flat straight away. And then, I mean, Jason Riles, he scored the first try for the Roosters in the 11th minute. Um, that was his first try in four years, incidentally, and it was an easy try. I mean, he just just barreled straight through. Kind of looked surprised himself, like holy shit, I'm at the yeah. other side. I put the ball down for the try. Um, However, if you did get points for ruck penalties, oh god, he'd be the fucking Hazemel Masri. He'd be Hazemel Masri of points, yeah. yeah. Hazem, Hazem, no one even heard his name. He'd be so far behind the points. I mean, you know, no price for distant he'd be second. A distant second, yeah. Yeah. Uh, two minutes after that, so what? Thirteenth minute of the play. Uh, there was the Roosters through again. Phil Graham, Titans bound. Phil Graham scored uh, off a, off a uh, an off road by uh, Takarangi. Um, they were almost over again, 25 minutes in, but it was a knock-on over the line by Phil Graham. Um, 
And then the 29th minute of the game is when uh, the Dragons decide to uh, come back into the game. Uh, the count, Anthony Minicello, was simbined. And with a man advantage, the Dragons suddenly looked a lot better. Uh, first try that they scored went to Trent Merrin. Scored under the post. Um, Ten minutes later, Matt Cooper leveled the scores off a Nathan Fiend kick. Jamie Sowett added the extras, and the Dragons were actually leading 12-10. Thoroughly undeserved lead, but uh, they're leading into half time. And I know from uh, certainly the comments on Twitter at the time were like, oh, okay, Dragons got this, Dragons back, yep. blah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, well, yeah, you know, maybe maybe they are too, you know, because this is one of these games where you, you just know, expected them to just go on with it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Dragons, uh, early mistake from Minicello gave the Dragons a great opportunity. However, the Roosters' defence held firm, and um, that was pretty much the uh, the final real challenge that the Dragons had in the game. Uh, five minutes later, one of our boys, a forgotten hero, Mossy Masoi. Soggy. Soggy. Oh, Soggy got a try. And <laughs> and did you see how he got the try, too? He just, like, take the tap. <laughs> they were too busy remonstrating and you know <laughs> with the referee, and he's just taking the tap and scored the try. It was it's amazing. rugby league gazelle. I mean, that's one of those tries that Wayne Bennett would just absolutely flog them about. I mean, the fact that that try could be scored. Um, and the Rolls one, too, I think, too, especially given, you know, the history of the Rolls and the Dragons and the fact that he was offloaded by Wayne. You know, Wayne didn't want him. Um Roosters soft, very yeah. soft. And Roosters, once they were in front, they just basically they just went on with it. Um, Dragons couldn't get back into the game. Roosters forwards muscled up, and in the seventy-first minute, the game was iced. BJ Lua scored a try and uh, extended the lead, giving the Roosters twenty points to twelve victory. The irony that BJ Lua would score the match winner and that Jason Rice would score the first try of the game. This, this, this game is on, never, never going to be a Dragons. This show, this show uh, as well, has been uh, extensively maligned BJ Lalua and yes. Jason Riles. And they've came out to... Uh, it's like as if we were Dragon supporters. Yeah, they've just exactly. They've to prove a point. Didn't they lay down the smackdown? Tell you who was good for the Roosters. We've already mentioned Soggy, but Letters... Yeah. Letters is a quiet year. He has had a quiet year in comparison to last year. I think bells might be still ringing from Simon Dwyer's shoulder, but um, he Simon Dwyer's shoulder is still ringing from the from, from that same hit too. It is. The immovable object versus the unstoppable force. <laughs> None of them have come off well. Had a profound effect on both their careers. Just let his typical aggression just seem to get or help the Roosters get over the top. Of the Dragons into forwards. The Dragons didn't really um, didn't really match his aggression, no. um, and then. Off the back of that, guys like Moss, uh, Mossy, also Braith and Asta was quite good in defence, I thought. Um, Roz was fairly solid as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as a young second rower who, not not Guerra, but a guy hasn't played a lot of first grade, can't remember for the life of me what his name was, but holy crap, he looks like an athlete. <laughs> Very impressive. What's his name, though? I haven't got the team list in front of me, and I didn't mention him in the thing. Excuse me a moment. Cordner, Boyd Cordner, good player, yep. like him. But they just seemed to roll forward. They made good yards up the middle. Pierce had a really solid game without anything really flashy. Um, I just thought Pierce was solid. 
Um, he was tough defensively, and his kicking game just kept turning the Dragons around. Yep. Um, Anasta's leadership um, was also very good. He he was probably quite vocal, um, and and was one of the leading forces from what we understand as far as um, the chat that they had with Carney about standing him down. And as you expect, he's a, he's the captain of the team and he's head of the leadership group. But um, for him to put that performance together when really it was just him and Pierce and Mini versus the world. Versus <laughs> a, a, a full-strength dragon side minus yeah. Mark Gasnow. And let's not forget, Sean Kenny Dow got ruled out before kickoff as well. So. Yep, yep. Um, Look, you you got to give the Roosters credit. The chips were down. Um, they were against the Dragon side that would have been clearly smarting from the media and and you know obviously Bennett's comments and and the fact that they knew that themselves that they were down on their form and the Roosters basically took everything they had to offer and gave it back with interest and come away with a really solid win. Um, I'm not sure it's a good sign for Todd Carney's future at the Roosters. I think if they'd have got done by forty, he would have been a certainty to be retained, but. Now I think, you know, we look at them, um, the guys, you know, they they were all whooping and hollering. They were, you know, yep. seemed like they the bonded the team and spirit was a back. siege mentality. And, yep. Um, we won't be know, back this season, you wouldn't expect. No, I'm not expecting to be, but, um, you know, looking at that win in the absence of Carney, and it's, it's one thing to do it in one game and another to do it over the course of a season, but um, oh, just... Got a really bad feeling for him after that game. Yeah, it would have been a nice, um, you know. Certainly, he might have been looking at it. Had the, the Roosters got pumped, um, you know, it would have been a nice indication as to how much he means to the side. But the fact that he's he's had all his trials and tribulations, and and he gets stood down, uh, and they come out less than a week later and and come away with a win over the defending premiers. Yep. Um, regardless of St George's current form, it's, it's a great effort and. Um, you know, there's some merit in in the thought process that might indicate that Carney might not be worth the trouble. Um, you know, when the team can put a performance like that like, together without him, it's like an arms race. Yeah, the Roosters might be able to continue without him and do well and prosper without him, but do they want him going to someone else and turn it around? Well, Canberra That's... had to face it, and really look at what Canberra did last year. They're not, you know, without Carney that showed. They've had their injury issues this year and, and the whole Orford thing has knocked them around. But they showed that they can play good footy and win games last year. So Oh, yeah, yeah there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's going to, you know, put an end to them for, you know, a generation, yeah. you know, of uh, of premierships. But, you know, it would have hurt Canberra, Canberra to see him get the Dally M too. Absolutely. Because they would have known he was capable of it. And anyway, I don't want to spend too much on Carney. It's too much fucking Carney. Um Carney, Carney, non-stop Carney. Uh, let's go over to Twitter for this game. Jason GNPI, you know he loves the Dragons and he's got a great uh, comment on uh, this week. Just check the Dragons slash Roosters score and it's safe to say if I was eating something, I would have choked on it. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Excellent tweet. Um, <laughs> it's the randomest tweet ever. Jeremy Jacko won standing next to Kieran Foran at the coffee shop. He's eating a sandwich. Thank you. Hash winning, hash legend. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it's just so fucking random. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's any anything else coming up. Where are we? Oh, is there anything else for that 
Nothing. That game, I just don't think there is. Oh, yeah, of course, Devonhead's come in there and said, yeah, we are not drag on, as the press put it. It's just part of a plan, and Wayne loves it when a plan comes together. Right. Uh, I then, um, I kind of pressed Does him further on. Does that make Soward Murdoch? <laughs> I didn't go down the A-team route. I just going down the uh, the fact that, um, yeah, you know, so choking on cock was there. <laughs> it was, was part of it's the plan. It's all part of the plan. Yeah, apparently it is. I mean, he, he's almost made a believer out of me. Monday Night Foot Bitch. Canterbury Bulldogs, 19, defeated Cronulla Sharks, 12. In a bit of a, uh, I'm not going to call it a Vuvuzela, I don't think it was quite that bad, but I don't think it was a great game. Fair to say, a lot of mistakes. Both if sides. you had to give out an award for Vuvuzela around, this was it. Yep, yep, definitely close to it. Um, and both of the sides, I think, really showed why they're not really in the eight as well. I think it's fair to say. Um, a bit of a uh, dour first 40 minutes of the game. Um, in the 12th minute, the doggies got on the board first uh, through Dean Hallitow. Uh, burst through a tackle from Wade Graham. Um, and, I like uh, seeing Dean Hallitow do well. I was going. I knew you were going to get on the Dean Hallitow thing because, you know, you always like your old, the old boys. Yeah, but even, like, when he was a Tiger, he was one of my favourite players. And he's... I don't know. I just really rated him. I was sad to, sad to see him sad go. Sad to see him go, and it's good to see him do when he, you know, when he does good things at the dogs. I, I like to see him do well. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, Sharkies though were next to score. Uh, Ten minutes later, they um, had a lot of repeat sets. A uh, eighteen tackles in the Bulldogs twenty. Uh, the statistic read, and uh, Nathan Gardner burst through in a tackle from uh, Frank Pritchard and carried Ben Barber over the line. Conversion tied it up. It was six points all till right before half time. Greg Eastwood basically slipped through some poor, 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 poor Sharky's defence. Um, got back to his feet, found Ben Barber. Ben Barber did what Ben Barbers do: raced long range, fifty metres to score under the post. Back up and score. Under back his up sticks. and score a long range try as Ben Barbers do, and they uh, following the easy conversion, they were leading twelve points to six, and that was the half time score. Isn't it funny that a former bulldog that used to be great at backing up was called Bar? Yeah, now we got Bar. <laughs> now we got Bar Bar. <laughs> there's something, there's something in the blue and white water out there. Um, second half, uh, the first big incident to speak about was uh, yeah, Frank Pritchard smashed. The shit out of Wade Graham, former teammate Wade Graham. Um, Do you hear he, you know, he when blood. they were playing together at the Panthers? He got him once there too and knocked him out. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I love the guy," you know, blah blah. blah. And apparently, Wade Graham said something uh, along the lines of about about Frankie's wife, wife, yeah. wife smashing him. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it was like a it was a shoulder tackle. Yeah, but. It was undoubtedly high as well. I mean, it did smack him, you know, smash him straight in the jaw as well. Um, he had a blood. He was didn't, bleeding from the ear. Didn't at look one good. Stage, he had but... blood out of the ear, blood out of his mouth. It didn't look good. Um, and we know, and obviously speaking now, uh, we know he's been charged uh, before the show goes to air. You know that that charge is going to be settled. Uh, he could be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, although the Bulldogs are they're first going to fight the grading of the charge. I thought it was a great shot, but the letter of the law it was contact with the head and, and they were right to put it on a report but but these don't these go miss I mean like the Dwyer one you mentioned well, I was going to say he looked exactly the same Simon thing Dwyer was lauded as a hero and a clutch performer and all the rest of it for exactly the same and that was shouldered directly into Leonard's face yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so you know there's, there's a bit of a grey area around those I mean when you take the swinging arm out of the occasion they tend to get let through more often than they you know whereas they could be equally if not more devastating um, 
Back to the scoring, uh, there was no change to the score, scoreboard for half of the second half. Uh, it was the 58th minute, in fact, when uh, Steve Turner got a penalty goal, took it out to 14 points to six, and uh, three minutes later, uh, Hodkinson kicked a perfect kick over into the corner. Steve Turner again caught it and scored the try. Doggies led 18 points to six. Sharks amounted a comeback almost immediately. Um, Sam Tagatizi scored the try. Short pass from Jeremy Smith, and he uh, took it, burst through, scored the try. 20-meter um, sprint to the try line. Nathan Stapleton converted the try, and it was 18-12, and the Sharkies weren't without some hope. But in the 78th minute, two minutes before full time, Trent Hodkinson did what Trent Hodkinson's do, kicked a field goal. Uh, he kicks some field goals for the dogs. Oh, he kicks up for Manly as well. I mean, that was the one thing that I do remember from his Manly days. It was, you know, really good. Especially the game against South where he kicked a, a field goal Two, late yeah. to tie it up. Which and then he'd won done again win this year for the dogs as Yeah, well. exactly. Against Parramatta a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that gave him a seven-point margin, 19 points to 12. Uh, and I guess the doggies, I mean, you know, they're in with a chance just like South. Yeah, I think the, the dogs are definitely in the hunt for the finals, but they'd want to forget this game in a hurry. <laughs> Yeah, both sides showed why they're not finals bound. I think. Um, yeah, the dogs. You know, they went in with a mindset that they had to had to win. They got away with it and and got the result that they wanted. But and I guess you know, any time you can get out of um, Shark Park with two points in your life, it's a bonus. But um, they were far from convincing, and they're going to have to improve a whole lot given their next opponent. So and venue of the game. Yeah. So. There's still some work to do. I'm not saying it's beyond them, but um, they're going to have to improve a whole lot on this game. Um, you've got to mention the Idris tackle on Gardner. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of the best. You're the you're the resident you're the resident man crush expert. I don't even man crush on either of these players, but I know you don't. But I mean, we're talking about man bits that were displayed to the world. Gardner was <laughs> running the ball out. It came to Idris. <laughs> He just somehow came to be in possession of Gardner's shorts and just about ripped him down around his ankles. And Gardner was covering up his mangina for... Uh, <laughs> so that it wasn't displayed on national television. Um, <laughs> they both had a bit of a laugh about it, but I just wonder if he, if Jamal's getting ready for the Gold Coast. Uh, you know, there's a few uh, you know establishments where... I mean, we know he likes a dance. Yeah. He could, you know supplement a bit of his income up there he might be practicing to uh, get a bit of a routine and twirl some pants above his head but he clearly didn't want to do that to his own he's far too classy for that so he thought he might use Nathan Gardner <laughs> um, might want to ask Nathan to take him off first say Jamal but uh, yeah, and it uh, just, it's, the commentators were saying it was like the biggest the biggest like hindy ever oh it was almost <laughs> a hindy and a fronty and a all sidesy oh, it was Imagine, really, like, there's nothing that they could have done. No. Like, if they had to come down and Gardner's air, sans pants, tackle out. Yeah. Hand or no hand, on national TV. They don't, they, I mean. We were getting an eyeful whether we wanted it or not. I mean, they don't have, like, a seven-second thing, you know, like, yeah, oh. like a, a delay. And I mean, what are they going to do? Just, like, they must have throw something because they there? bleated out um, Frankie's swearing at the end. Did you hear that? And he's the, when they gave him in the match. Yeah, so what would he say? I don't know what he said, but yeah. it, was, he always, it must have been pretty bad because he apologised straight away, but they beeped it out. Because <laughs> yeah, often they don't. I mean, like, you know, especially no. when they're around scrums and stuff like that, you know, the referee's mic's close enough you can, and they're, you know, going at it. Yeah. Um, you know, you just hear them spraying. You've got to feel for Gardner as well, given 
the effort that he puts in. And you could see during the there was a point of the game when they were only down by six, um, and they were obviously preparing for a kick, and they got caught with the ball on the last tackle, and just the frustration on his face, and yeah, um, you know they just the Pomeroy got caught with the ball after they bumbled around trying to find someone to kick it, and then they give it to Pomeroy, and he just rucked it up. Yep. Um, and, and got caught with the ball. And Gardner, you could just see such a competitor. Jeez, he blew up. But also, Pomeroy's tackle, was it on right? Who was standing there waiting to attach it, t- take a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Like Before the, most the ball blat- had even come down, the most blatant, he through and took him out. He should have almost been binned for it. It was so it bad. Was a, 100% it was a professional foul. He should have been put in the sin bin but um, a couple of clangers from Pomeroy but uh, yeah he's paying the price this week too I think he's been dropped oh okay um, yeah just Cronulla just lack creativity they just cannot create points when they need them and um, I just don't see anything as we said last week I don't see anything coming next season that really indicates to me that they're going to become some sort of attacking force they've got a good set of forwards and, and they'll win some games off the back of that but doesn't matter who you are. At some point in the NRL, you're going to have to score points, and they just don't have minimum. Okay, what are we talking about here? Let's look at uh, look at the Twitter. And uh, is there anybody much who had anything to say? Let's see. Here we go. Chris Wargren. Wade Graham should thank his lucky stars that it was Pritchard that hit him and not the Ottoman. Yeah, <laughs> so true. At Solzy. A guy who suffered greatly this season, I mean, as a Canberra sure fan. Has. Well done, Bulldogs. You just won the Pashidic Grand Final. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's been the highlight of Souls' year, getting into Urban Dictionary off the back of us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Robbie's um, love. He's a Canberra fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we have here? Dear CK Twit Feed, Captain Kickass. Dear... NRL Bulldogs, for the upcoming Manly game, go to the switch on the back of Joe Romulo's neck and select Kill. For once, I have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, one from John there, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Where did John... There it is. Bulldogs. Ugly win, but a deserved win. Sorry, GT351 underscore Johns. Bulldog. Ugly win, but a deserved win. Just a shame the NRL has outlawed good hard tackles. Bloody drop kicks. Good hit by Pritchard. I guess yeah, we'll we've see. Already, we've already mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned that. Um, but, you know... I, I, you know, I agree. I mean, it was, it's it's one of those line ball kind of things. Uh, and Chris Walgren's come back again and said Pritchard's on report and potentially looking at a month on the sideline. How soft does our game become? Yeah. I guess they just need to, you know, apply the letter of the law. And if they apply the letter of the law every time, then you're going to be consistent. And unfortunately, if that means a shoulder to the face as the first point of contact is is illegal and worth time, then as long as they do it to everybody. Agreed. Agree. Previews for round 24, 2011 kicks off Friday night football, game number one. South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the North Queensland Cowboys. Incidentally, a game that will not be shown live into Queensland. Usually a game featuring the Queensland side is live. But I read an article today in the news that um, says that this one, for whatever reason, is not going to be... Obviously, they selected the games a few weeks ago and and CS probably weren't travelling as well as they are at the moment, so... 
Um, and given that the other game is Melbourne and St George, you can understand why. Yeah, um, but he said, I mean, it's like there's been shit games before as well. You know, like the Tigers Manly game would have been the second game you yeah. know, that night. And, you know, I think the Broncos were playing someone, but it wasn't anything, you know, crucial. Sure. Uh, and they didn't show it. I'll never understand what Channel 9 does. Um, look, I'm going to have to go with the Rabbits. Given just their momentum, and I think if they're away from home up in Townsville, um, I'd probably have more of an inkling to, to tip the Cowboys, but can't really go away from the Rabbits at the moment. Their form's, you know, some of the best in the competition, and it's a good test for them. Uh, Full-strength Cowboys side, Matt Scott, Jonathan Thurston both playing. Yeah. Um, so... We'll have a, a a good indication as to just how good the Rabbitohs are, and and um, you know whether the Cowboys have really adjusted to having JT back and and can continue on their way to the finals. But um, Cowboys are one of those sides that uh, have a defence that won't be the defence that tests the Rabbitohs' attack. I mean, Cowboys can leak points, no doubt about it. They can, but they'll be better than Canberra. They'll be better than Canberra. Better than para. Yeah, but you know. I don't think it's like I one of those... I think their attack will ask plenty of questions of the Rabbitohs' defence too, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I still think uh, it's not at North Queensland, so, yeah, let's go to the Rabbitohs, eh? Hey? Agreed. Next game, Friday night football, game number two, the one that will be shown live everywhere, Melbourne Storm versus St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, Storm le- without Cronk. No Cronk, and Soward's been named. Mark Gasnier comes back in for the Dragons. Dragons Sorry. have to get this one, or at least have to compete. They do have to compete, but at bare minimum they have to compete. Geez, um, but geez, they whole, need it. Um, depending on results, they, geez, they could drop quite considerably down the eight. They can. They, I mean, mathematically, they can drop out of the eight if they keep going the way they're going. Um, you know, will they? I don't know, but geez, I mean, they're getting to a stage where Look, they're really I, I falling. I would have said that they'd never lose to the Roosters last week and that happened, so what the hell do I know? Yeah, I think Storm in Melbourne. Um, I can't tip against Melbourne. Cronk, even, Cronk's, even big, Cronk's not playing. Cronk is a massive loss. Garth Widdop goes to half-page. Yeah, they, they always seem to find a way. Yeah. You know? Um, Widdop at half, that's interesting. But who's who's playing 5-8? Maurice Blair. Is he going to be back from injury? Must be, he's been named. We'll wait and see what happens at the end of the week. I'm not so sure if he's going to be. Uh, in any case, Storm in Melbourne for me. Yeah, agreed. Super Saturday, game number one. Gold Coast Titans versus Canberra Raiders. Second consecutive home game for the, for the Titans. Yep. Um, no Dugan. No Dugan. Um, no got, Dugan, no chance. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so, but it is the Titans who seem to find a way to lose. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Given the beating that they got from the Storms, it's going to sound silly, but I saw enough from the Titans to to indicate that they, they probably shouldn't have too many dramas scoring points against the Raiders. Jeez, a big I'm call. Tip, I'm, I'm going to tip the Titans. Oh, look, I can see why you're doing it, but I, and like, it's a, they're the best of a bad bunch, but I, I tipped them with no confidence. None. Well, I didn't say that I was going to put money Gee, on if they but... win this, it makes the wooden spoon market pretty interesting too because that'll put them ahead of Parramatta provided the Eels lose. Yeah. And the Raiders, are they're down in that zone too, aren't they? Yeah, oh, they're right down there. Yeah. I mean, I think... the Roosters, so... Yeah, well, in the Roosters, how they win now, I think that's put a little bit of a gap on for them. I think they're pretty much safe from the spoon now, but... Okay. Um, yeah. Let's go Titans. Yep. 1-12. to 12. Super Saturday, game number two, Sydney Roosters versus Cronulla Sharks. Well, if it's the Sydney Roosters of last week, easy win. Yeah, 
again an Astor and Pierce in the halves. Yeah, no Carney. Uh, no, Miles won't play for the Roosters again. Uh, Frank Paul still stood down, and so is Carney. Yep. Anthony Mitchell, Mossy. Which is Tom Symes will probably drop off the bench, but yeah, I didn't see enough from Canala to, to to indicate that the Roosters will, will have gotten a lot of confidence out of last week's game and. They're at home. It's not a Shark Park, so I'm yep. going to have to tip the Roosters. Roosters, Super Saturday, game number three, Penrith Panthers versus the New Zealand Warriors at Centibet. Michael Jennings comes into the side at fullback. 2,000 of Jennings' closest friends at this game. <laughs> no Free doubt. of charge or on him. Which, there's going to be at least 2,000 people there, you'd think, wouldn't you? Well, it's, yeah, they've got 2,000 starting point. The Warriors, has to be the Warriors. If they're serious, they has to be the Warriors. Yeah, they, they'll probably do a similar thing to what the Tigers did um, and just do what they've got to do to, to get out of there with a win. They don't, you know, historically they don't travel particularly well. Um, Penrith are right for the picking, although I think Jennings will have a big game. Has Luke back Lewis him been to get named? A trial too. Sorry? Luke Lewis back? Uh, no, still no Lewis. Really? Yeah. Not named? No. Wow, it's because I was reading articles and I sort of was acting like he was going to be there. Wow. At least he gets named just prior to kickoff, but so far not named in the side. Interesting. Okay. Um, in any case, it's still going to be New Zealand Warriors for mine. Yeah. Sunday football game number one: the mighty Manly Seagulls versus the Canterbury Bulldogs at the Fortress. Manly by heaps. No, you got to go Manly. By stacks. The dogs were unconvincing. This is a massive step up in class of opponent for them. Um, they need to win to keep their top eight hopes alive, but I think this is going to extinguish the dogs. For the for season 2011. It's going to put them down. They're just not in the same class at the moment as the Eagles. Um, even though, despite paper, they should be. But, oh, it's despite paper. Despite the fact that on paper that they should be. But I just I couldn't tip the dogs. You've got to tip the Eagles by 13+. plus. I agree. Sunday football game number two. West Tigers versus the Parramatta Eels. What a great game for the Tigers to run back into form. This is a, this is going to be very reminiscent of the Penrith game, I think. I disagree. I think the fact that the Eels, their last victory, came against the Tigers, and that won't sit well with the boys. So I think they'll be looking to get one back on the Eels, which is enough motivation for them. Uh, Might give the Eels the belief, though, to say, "Look at us, we're a shit side, spoon almost spoon worthy side. We yeah. smashed them last time." Just Hayne at five eight, even though. That I think the game against the Tigers last time they played was the first game he's played at 5'8". Um, and he went reasonably well and set up a couple of things, and that's probably the laurels that he's resting on now, um, considering he's still got the number six on his back. But um, if he was at fullback, I'd be a lot more concerned. I think we can contain him uh, a little bit better if he plays 5'8". And, yeah, I think this would be not much more than a training run for the Tigers, and, and they should probably... Win it by about 48 points. <laughs> Idiot. Monday night foot bitch. The Newcastle Knights versus the Brisbane Broncos in Newcastle. Yeah, Brisbane, Monday night, Newcastle. Tough opposition up there. Or down there. Big game for the Knights. South would be the one or lost. Uh, you know, they'll know, they'll know what their fate is by the yeah, time they play. South will be playing on Friday night. Um, They're South- under a bit of pressure, the Knights, so... I'm not sure they're up to it. Against the Broncos. Broncos are travelling very well at the moment. 
Um, Knights, it's a must-win game for it's the Knights. It's a really tough game to pick, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, you know, when, you, when, you know, when you're making your tips, you, you, I mean, upsets are always going to happen, but you've got to at least, you know, tip with the form. And I think the greater form at this occasion... Well, you know, the Knights have been pumping teams lately too. Oh, they've got the attacks. Put a smack down on the Titans, put a smack down on the Raiders. Um, came up short against the Warriors, and I guess for that reason alone, I'm going to have to tip the Broncos. Yeah, given that, like you say, they've beat up on a couple of easy beats, but um, they're against quality opposition this time. Uh, and Brisbane are in reasonable form. They're back to a full complement of players. So. Even have a look at the way that... Um, the, they played against the Warriors. They both played the Warriors over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Broncos, admittedly, very hard going. Although, Although the, the Warriors did play a whole lot better against the Broncos than they did against the Knights. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Broncos. And they did score 12. some freak tries too the, against the run of play. Sure. Long range tries the Warriors. I'm going to have to tip the, the Broncos. You just got to go with the better form at the time. Um, hello, Willie Whitmers. Um, Joe here once again, driving back to Longridge, nearly midnight. Just wanted to take this occasion to congratulate Darren Lockyer on 350 games. A uh, stellar achievement, one that everyone who is anyone in league has spoken a lot about. And uh, I just wanted to add my, my voice to that discussion. Um, Rocco starts to get to the Cowboys tonight. Cowboys, no excuses. Um, we'll have to play better in the coming months if we are to be extended here. Thanks everyone, catch you later. Actually, um, there was something else I wanted to talk about and um, it doesn't leave me a whole great deal of pleasure. But um, Derry Thomas Stadium. Now, I love Derry Thomas Stadium. I think it's a fantastic venue for watching game of football. You're really close to the action, yaddy yaddy yaddy. But, oh my god, you have to wait at least half an hour on a night like tonight with 26,000 people just to go to the toilet, just to get a drink. I mean, I, I didn't even have dinner until midnight, thanks to my reluctance to give up my seat. I just really think that the Cowboys need to look at, you know, things called lines. Now, when I work in my school, we make lines in order to move people from one place to another and to do it in an effective way that doesn't waste time. I think, really think that the Cowboys can learn from this concept of life, and I'm more than happy to go down and to uh, show them how it should be done. <coughs> full time for episode number 61 as always you can interact with us on Twitter so follow at TWI League during games we'll let you know the match specific hashtags as well Facebook we're just about to crack 760 likes so go hard folks and help us hit 800 by season's end it's achievable for sure and I didn't actually think it would be earlier we're smashing but it's, it. we're smashing. It. we are but I mean you know, we always need more 
iTunes. Keep those reviews coming. We've got another great crop of reviews from listeners, uh, such as Marcus Allison. The best start to the weekend of footy. Five-star review. Top blokes who have great knowledge of the game. One could argue more than some of the jokers on TV. Just like talking footy with your mates. Opinionated, at times totally biased. 40 nil slash Lottie. <laughs> but also can and do give credit where it's due. Great comedy and chemistry as hosts with the back and forth as well as the involvement of listeners via Twitter, Facebook, and the site equals a highly addictive two hours plus of the funniest, frankest assessment of league you'll find. Always a pleasure, guys. Love that. That's awesome. Uh, we got one here from Big Al 62. Twill. Five stars. Great work. A good roundup of the weekly NRL news and action. Thanks. You're welcome. Short one, sweet. This one, Twill, is the title again. Four stars. Son of a bitch. <laughs> by, Tough, hard taskmaster. By Borgie, who has been identified as uh, Megan Borg's father. Really? Yeah. I actually, I, I thought it was her at first, but then there's a point in the review where I realized it wasn't. See if you can pick up when. Rather than taking the conventional professional broadcaster and ex-footballer approach, these boys choose the two guys talking garbage approach. They seem to be saying what the rest of us are thinking. Nate and Glenn are passionate about the game and use their insightful, irreverent, irreverent and occasionally unprofessional style to produce a winner each week. They usually make more sense and are certainly more honest than most professional commentators. Keep them coming. Go manly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, I, I thought it was Megan all the way up until they'd go Manly. Oh, that's right. Her dad's a Manly fan. Um, <laughs> website. Become a member of the Mighty Twill Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com. And uh, we might have some uh, extra bits and pieces coming along in regards to that shortly. ESL tipping. No change in the top five. Rich the tipster, I believe, got a perfect round this week. He is now 11 games at the top of the table. And there's less to go in the English season than there is in ours. So he's got it sewn up. He's got it sewn up. The other one, second, uh, 11 games back, as I said. Then one game back. Warrior Bunnies in third position. Three games back from him. Tiger Benji. And I'm in fifth. Uh, I'm Essentially, I'm 19 games off the lead. So, geez, is Gonski. You were seventh in that competition. Pretty much no change in the entire list of that competition this week. NRL tipping, top five, no change once again. Hmm. Fabsy, she's number one, uh, and she is eight points. So she's a full round ahead of Frico Nine in second, who's one point ahead of Bobby Bronco. Glenn she's 36. She's three points ahead of Essa Jack V, and he's four points ahead of me. And so, Glenn is 36th. He's 35th this week. Oh, wow. What is it? Not too late for a late season streak, is it? Um, you're approx. You're, I think you're around twenty games behind me, Jeez, which puts you, which puts you about thirty odd behind the leader. So yeah, I mean, if they extend the season to like double its length, you might have a chance. <laughs> I need to about back. twenty, twenty perfect rounds, in <laughs> six weeks of footy. Exactly, punt club. Gee, who loves punt club this week? Not us. What do we have to do to make some fucking money? Um, my multi went tits up when the yield scored the late try against Manly and brought the margin under ten. Yeah, I just. There's just no love. Um, I was spewing because uh, Manly, they'd covered the 10-point spread that I went the line, and I think it was 10-point start to Manly, maybe 10.5. In any case, they had it covered, uh, and then the Yield scored that try with two minutes to go, and that took the margin to six points, killed the multi. However, even if it had to survive that, it wasn't going to survive the dra- the, the, the Dragons choking choking on the cock, attacking brilliance on Sunday. Competition time. As we mentioned at the start of the show about T-shirts, you guys all know about the competition to get the first ever numbered this week in league T-shirt to roll off the production line. And I know I said last week the deadline was going to be up 
by now. But because still going back and forth with some printers about details, there is currently time. We're going to go one more week to get in there. Um, any late entries will be able to be slotted in. I'd say it will all be finalised though by the end of the week. So let's say get your entries in by... 7:30 by the time of kickoff on Friday of month of uh, Sunday night of Sunday Friday night well, football. Let's make it. Let's make it Sunday night. Okay, Sunday night. Six o'clock Sunday. Six o'clock Sunday by the end of the Channel Nine broadcast. Um, you've got to get the various things in the tweet, the you know, the iTunes review, etc., etc. It's all on the website. Check the link. Yep, check the link. The link is uh, bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash twillcomp, T-W-I-L-C-O-M-P. Get on there and that'll list, uh, you know, all the ways you can get uh, bonus entries, etc., etc., uh, and get that shirt. Uh, I think that is it. That is all I have for this week. That's all I have. It's a shame that there's no more burger challenges this week or bets that you can lose to make yourself look ridiculous. Yeah, you should bet uh, bet a Parramatta fan for that chilli burger. You think? Yeah, like Kyle. Paramount 1973. I think everyone's um, everyone's scared to tip against the Tigers now. What's that? Well, I mean, you only have to look at the last poor sap that lost the bet against the Tigers, and he has a picture of my ass as his Twitter display pic. Yeah, um, I don't know who. Which is magnificent. I don't know who it's more embarrassing for that one. Um, Please, you could strike a match. For my people ass. who aren't in the know. Uh, Glenn had an avatar display picture bet uh, on the result of the Dragons West Tigers game with a guy by the name uh, of Halen who is at H Dragons fan uh, on Twitter. Um, at your own risk, feel free to check out H Dragons fans if you're a smoker, Twitter account. Um, you could strike a match on my ass and light. Yeah, cigarette. the display picture is basically Glenn's ass with a red V drawn on it. And what was the final? Uh, what was the final medium that you used uh, to paint the red V? House paint. <laughs> no, just uh, enamel, watercolor, mate. Watercolor. Went out of Bunnings and grabbed some. No, no, Jackson had someone in his paint shop. So you're starting to paint your ass? No, no, Jackson was in bed. He so I was going to be able to find a docs. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to call docs if that was the case. <laughs> I have a very supportive wife. Very long-suffering wife. Yeah, <laughs> and she did finish and say, "Hey, go and wash it off, you dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> and so she took the photograph as well. Yeah. Oh, she's a good woman. She is. She's a good woman. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. you got anything else to say? <laughs> Me either. Just, be careful when you're back against the toys. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. We'll just leave it on your ass. I'm glad I ate the burger, quite frankly. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, the alternative the alternative burger was just, you know, atrocious. <laughs> and I feel, I feel really bad for, uh, for poor old Halen on this. <laughs> I don't. See you next week. See ya. <laughs>